0: The Florida Senate has passed the anti-riot bill. Ron DeSantis is expected to sign it sometime next week. And the bill is considered controversial because, of course, the left and Democrats think it stifles free speech, whereas it actually increases penalties for a lot of riot-related activities. So, hey, maybe it's a good thing. A lot of people are sick and tired of the far-left, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, going around smashing things, rioting nonstop, and they keep getting cut loose. But there are some drawbacks. I mean, the things they're doing are already illegal, and if many of these people aren't being prosecuted, then maybe the problem is the DAs aren't prosecuting the law. So we're going to talk about this, but I also want to get into as this is the the, the, the week of uh, the Chauvin trials come to an end, and now the trial itself has effectively come to an end to the extent that the, the deliberations begin next week. And there's an op-ed from Fox News saying that Chauvin's lost; the state has proven their case, and uh, we're going to have to go and and, and we have to go through this because I think that's absolutely not the case. And I think one of our guests actually agrees with that. We've got Will Chamberlain of Human Events. You want a quick introduction?
1: Sure. Uh, Will Chamberlain, I'm a lawyer. I, I'm the co-publisher of Human Events and run the opinion section. Um, and I'm also senior counsel at the Internet Accountability Project and the Article 3 Project.
0: Oh. That, does that have to do with uh, stopping censorship?
1: Exactly. It's Well, Article 3 Project was getting Trump's judges confirmed. We were big in the Kavanaugh fight. And that oh, Internet Accountability Project is still ongoing, and that's uh, – that's Yeah, that's big tech and
0: censorship on. and all the things. We're, we're working on uh, something in that area to guarantee access to platforms and create an open-source networking thing. So, uh, cool stuff. We also have Jordan Lancaster of The Daily Caller.
2: Hello. Uh, I'm Jordan Lancaster, reporter at The Daily Caller. I've covered the riots, uh, media, pretty much a wide variety of stuff. So.
0: Happy to be here. Awesome. We have uh, Ian Crossland. What's up, dudes?
3: Shamanistic oh. DMT trips. Holler back
0: at your boy.
2: Ooh, all right, all right. Crossland up in the house. <laughs>
4: I do like DMT trips, by the way, Lydia. Okay, that's fair.
3: I believe <laughs> I believe that. And that's iancrossland.net, right? It is, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah. You. Yeah, you
3: I was thinking of something last night. I came up with a brilliant pun about Ian Crossland. You can find him at Ian Crossland across the land. No joke. I'm uh, a genius. You're very uh, so welcome. Fun. I'm sorry. Very <laughs> Thank you, <Very> guys. <laughs> Back to Tim.
0: Hey, before we get started, go to timguest.com and become a member to get access to exclusive segments for members only. We are building up the site. We're going to be launching a lot of really cool things. We got some sitcoms. where potentially going to be funding. We're going to be doing a new show on paranormal, weird murder mystery stuff. And we're going to bring on writers to produce that content. And we're going to have general news, commentary, culture, probably films, probably documentaries. Like we're taking this thing all the way. It's going to be a big digital media empire with your help. That's the direction we're going. So if you like what we do, then become a member at timcast.com. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, smash that notification bell. And, well, smash the like button. I guess smash the notification bell as well. But, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, or Google, or whatever podcast platform, leave us a good review, give us five stars, tell all your friends how awesome we are, because that really does help. Let's jump into this first story. And, uh, this is, this is, it's kind of a crazy story, I suppose. It's either really, really good, unless, I guess you're a Democrat, then you're probably really angry about it if you're a Black Lives Matter protester. The Florida Senate has passed the controversial anti-riot bill, pushed in the wake of Black Lives Matter protests. Governor Ron DeSantis championed the legislation and is expected to sign it as early as next week. One of the things it does, that Democrats are really mad about, is that if you are in your car and a group of protesters are in the street and you're trying to escape them, you are immune from civil liability if you drive through them. So it's you know you want to make sure you get all that context in there, but they're freaking out because they're trying to make it seem like they're granting immunity to people, literally slamming the gas and like crashing into people. That's not the case. But there are a bunch of other provisions that make certain things a felony. Now, I'll say this because I'll need your help on this one, Will. Mm -hmm. I tried looking up what the bill does specifically, like a breakdown. Unfortunately, if you go to right-wing sites, they tell you very specific things like this becomes a felony. Certain left-wing sites say very biased things. And reading through it, it's like – I don't know. It's not that many pages, but it's very poorly written. Mm-hmm. So can you give us the, the gist of what this anti-riot law does?
1: Sure. Well, I actually found like their summary, you know, I went to the Florida legislature and, and got an idea of what they're doing. Um, I think the biggest thing it does, I mean, it's it's really, first off, there's a lot of enhanced penalties. So if you're, you know, committing one of these crimes, like inciting a riot, participating in a riot, uh, it's going to, there's like a mandatory minimum for assaulting a police officer now of six months, for example. Um, it also means that if you're participating in a riot and you get arrested, you can't Get bailed out before you appear in court, so it's like the, the sort of like in and out. One. I like. I think that's a great one. Um, it allows. It has this. It has this defunding, anti-defunding the police provision, which essentially makes the state before a city wants to defund its police, it needs permission from mm-hmm. from the state government. Uh, it looks like it. This is an interesting one, and I think this is the one that has to do with the whole. Uh, the defense about like if you run someone over it says it creates an affirmative defense in a civil action arising from a riot if the plaintiff's injury or damage was sustained as a result of participating in a riot so that oh, that sort oh, of that sort of shuts off any sort of lawsuits by rioters like if so you're in a riot and you you get assaulted or something
0: so it's actually beyond so so the democrats are the ones framing it as though you could run a car your car through them right but in actually it's much broader than that like well
1: it's civil liability too right like yeah. say you say I, I think that's a good example right you're participating in a riot um And I don't actually know the extent of this affirmative defense. I'd actually need to read it, like, you know, how far that goes. But the basic concept, if somebody is escaping, you don't have the right to sue them because you yeah. are participating in a riot and they were trying to get out of it. And they
0: Why do we need a law for that? If you're committing a felony and I'm trying to escape, why am I li- liable for this? I mean,
1: apparently, you know i think it's good to just make it really clear actually you know because people one of the things i i have a very strong view about people get stopping traffic uh i consider i mean that's fa- that should be false imprisonment it's a it should be treated as a very serious crime <laughs> i really disagree uh, with you on that you know i i think no like i think protesters stopping traffic it's like straight to jail everybody and throw the book at those people because that's it's it's incredibly selfish there are people who are trying to just get to work go to their jobs <laughs> it's incredibly scary right you're just like you're you're at the mercy of this mob um and it's just – it's the mm-hmm. most selfish way to protest possible. Uh, it's completely indifferent to, like, the amount of time and energy you're taking away from everybody who's blocked. You're just you're just deciding you're more important than they are.
0: That becomes a felony, right? Blocking traffic?
1: I think so. I Part think of the bill makes it like
0: a third-degree felony? I
1: think they've been much more aggressive about it. And
0: I, I really disagree with that one. I think that, you know, if it was just a bunch of, say, like, I don't know, Code Pink, and they're holding hands in the middle of D.C. singing songs – and the cops have to walk up and one by one arrest them and remove them, and it takes you know 20 or 30 minutes. Nonviolent civil disobedience is a good thing. We don't want people to be getting violent.
1: Um, I mean, I'm okay with that, except do it on the sidewalk. Like, get out of the road.
0: Well, that, that, that's the point. The point is to create some kind of circumstance where it generates attention.
1: And my point is that I think that's not something we should incentivize and instead that we should deter.
0: I think a fair <laughs> point is that see, people standing in the road create a very serious risk standing in a road, and you probably shouldn't stand in a road, period. Right my, my thing is more just like we want it, we, we need to make sure there's a space maintained where people can be to a certain degree disruptive peacefully and nonviolently. and it's already illegal. So typically what happens is when people are holding hands in the street, they immediately get arrested. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes longer if they use like chains to like link their hands together or those like metal tubes. But they, when a peaceful protester stands in the street, the cop walks up, cuffs them and walks them away. They clear the traffic relatively quickly and the protesters get their point across. They do get charged. It's usually a misdemeanor, slap on the wrist. And then they're not going around smashing windows and beating people in the streets like they're doing now.
1: I mean, I think well, like well, there's already laws that are you know don't pun- we aren't seriously punishing people in the road, and they still you know I don't think that's a way to divert them from breaking windows I no, think it's like you know a
0: felony is kind of intense though for that man.
1: right, but well, then there's don't do it, like just don't do it. it's the law, don't do it. you know I mean I, mean,
2: I think you have to think about the worst case scenario, right? like what if an ambulance is trying to get through? this traffic and they can't or like there was a video that went viral um a while ago of some guy he got out of his car and a mob was blocking him from getting in the road and this is a doctor and he was like he like worked in the er or something he's like i need to get to work you got patience.
0: the challenge i suppose is the difference between an unruly mob in the street and like a bunch of hippies holding hands singing and then the cops come and clear him out yeah i think but those I, I, are I, I, different things
2: but right. like, in this scenario it was a giant mob of people in an intersection right that's like right and
1: and what's stopping the hippies from getting a permit like if you want to if you want to march in the street get a permit there's ways to
0: do that I don't know, man. First Amendment says peace of, peaceably assemble.
3: Well, do you guys remember the L.A. riots more recently? Not the actual L.A. riots like in the 60s. <laughs> but there were L.A. The riots. yeah the 90s? Yeah, 60s? The yeah. I'm a little bit off, like 30 so, like, years. What? Um, they blocked a highway in L.A., and there was an ambulance that was stuck in the traffic, and a little girl died because of it. Like, that's, it's for me, real. really the biggest argument against, like, blocking traffic, and I kind of agree with what Then they should this, be charged like, with murder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right? Like, that's a serious issue. Well,
1: I think we should just you know, at the outset, just deter this behavior entirely. Like, I mean, if, if people actually start going to jail for serious time for doing this, it will stop. People will find other ways to make their point heard. And there's plenty of ways in this world to get your point across.
0: Yeah. I, my, my main thing is like, if it's already illegal, why are we making more laws for it?
1: Because people are still doing it. So the punishments aren't severe enough, apparently.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that they care. I mean, I, I will say a point I've made in the past few days is that the cost for riding is too low. Mm-hmm. And these people know this. Even though it is a felony to go and do, you know, burn a building to the ground, they know they're going to get cut loose. That you see that lady in in uh, uh, Portland who burned down the or set fire to the police union building, they released her without bail. Yeah, they, they released her. Yeah, it's just uh, Ri-
1: rioting is not drug addiction where people can't stop. Right. right, like and that it's not, and therefore it's like overly punitive and draconian. No, you don't have to riot. You have no addiction to rioting. You are just doing it because you want to. So stop it. <laughs> And so, if, We just need to change the law so that people go right
0: to jail. This, uh, this woman, apparently she got informed on because some, some one of these Antifa guys in Portland is apparently a snitch. She was arrested apparently last year, I guess, and she was released and all the charges were dropped. Mm-hmm. If this woman was, if the charges were not dropped and she got a year in jail or a year plus in prison, she would not have been there to set fire to this police association building. They cut her loose, dropped the charges, and they knew she was a violent, terroristic extremist. Then she goes and does it again, and what happens? She gets—I fi- think it's five felony charges, Wow. and they release her with, 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 without without bail on her own recognizance. I think that's called, right?
1: Right. And I mean, the, the beauty of doing this in you know conservative states. There's a lot of blue cities, and there's still blue cities in in Florida, but all of a sudden they've got you know the state attorney general can come in and tell them to knock it off right right now you're essentially Oregon is totally dependent on federal law enforcement um, and the FBI run by a a Republican administration at some point in the future otherwise you're just you're just SOL
0: yeah I like the uh you can't get released until your first court hearing you're caught in a riot Mm -hmm. you know there, there are challenges about this uh typically I my thing is Blackstone's formulation the presumption of innocence it's really difficult to you, you you might be walking through the wrong place at the right, wrong time, and they'll charge you with being in a riot. And then mm-hmm. you know what then?
1: Right. Well, I mean, I think the the right answer is to really reduce the number of riots. Like that, let's let's start there. If we just reduce the number of riots, then that also reduces the number of people who are randomly walking through. It makes police's job a lot easier. It means they can focus on combating crime in their cities and and not have to send these huge forces of people just to, you know, deal with unruly rioters.
0: So, so, you know, when I asked about why make new laws if it's already illegal, you said something to the effect of the punishment must not have been severe enough.
1: Right. Like, if it's still happening, despite being illegal all the time, we are not deterring it sufficiently.
0: Because the district attorneys aren't prosecuting it.
1: That might be true, but this this is a solution to that as well, right? If you create new state laws with severe punishments and... You know, essentially, you create an environment also where the state attorney general is going to want to enforce those laws if local district attorneys are not. And that authority, I'm pretty sure, is always there.
0: So uh, long as at the state level. I guess my, my bigger concern, then, is one of the statements made by Democrats is that this is going to be disproportionately used. It's going to be biased. It's going to be used against them. They're, they're half right. I think if you look at the evidence— They've consistently, the, the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa, have consistently gotten away with serious violent extremism. I mean, how many people died in the riots or peripheral to the riots of last year? It was like 30-something. 30-something, yeah. yeah. There, were, there were 19, I think, deaths directly related and then peripheral deaths like people in ambulances that couldn't get to the hospital and stuff like that. These people have gotten away with it. I mean, Kamala Harris solicited donations to get these people out of jail. Joe Biden's staff donated to these funds to get these people out of jail. And then people voted for them. Then you look at the the people at the Capitol. There's one lady. Apparently, the door was open, and she had no idea what was going on until she walked in, you know, dumbfounded and bewildered like everybody else. And now she's in solitary confinement, facing, like, 40 years in prison.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the status quo. The left gets off a lot easier. And that's not all about, like, selective prosecution. That's also about... You know, 50 to 60 years of leftist organizing infrastructure and protest infrastructure still existing. I mean, oh, yeah. the National Lawyers Guild, they're still around. And in the 70s, they were hiding terrorists, right? Weather Underground terrorists. And we, I mean, we, it's amazing when you actually read about what the 70s Weather Underground did. They were bombing all over the place. Um, and, uh, they, they just, Got six months they got like probation. Who was it when they finally (laughs) they were they were fugitives for ten years and they finally turned themselves in and got
4: probation. Who was Weather Underground? I've heard of them a lot. Bill Ayers.
1: Bill Ayers. So uh Weather Underground came out of students for Democrats Students for Democratic Society, a radical left wing student group. Um after in the I think in the very early seventies, um, they made the decision to that, you know, we actually are we need the revolution is coming. And so uh, after, like, they went to a big protest in, a, in Chicago and a bunch of them got indicted on various, like, rioting, assault charges, a bunch of them, instead of returning to face those charges, they went what, underground, um, which at the time just meant, well, okay, I'm not going to show up for my court date. I'm not going to be a fugitive, and I'm going to go get, you know, new identity documents and, and just live under the radar and not be, pub- you know, not be employed. It was much easier to do then because it was just easy to fake, make, get a fake ID. Yeah. No uh, internet. Right. So um, that was... You know, and so there was a big, there was a group, it ended up being about like 150 left-wing people and they started out, they, I mean, apparently there was a plan to actually go after and set off bombs in an army base while people were there. That failed, and ultimately, a bunch of them killed themselves in a bomb accident in their own townhouse. Wow! Uh, and then after that, they decided we're only going to bomb things symbolically. But they were, you know, there was just there was a bombing campaign all over the place where they would just set off bombs and, you know, energy stations and random places to so, make a political point.
0: So we have decades of that infrastructure and the remnants of that still exist today. Yeah. So when it comes to this new law, how long until a Democrat wins Florida? Assuming they do. Maybe maybe it swings back hard the direction in the next few years. Maybe not. Maybe. I mean, it was it was fairly close this time around. Democrat takes over and then all of a sudden the Republicans find themselves with, with a, you know, a boot on their face.
1: Well, I mean, it's possible. But, you know, I think Republicans, Republicans generally don't riot. And, you know, one of the things I said about January 6th is the reason they were even able to get to the Capitol is because Republicans generally don't do that. You know, I so mean, they weren't prepared for they it. Weren't, they, the capital Police weren't prepared for it at all. They what were if, really what understaffed.
0: If, what if a right-wing group decides to march around, and they got flags, and they find themselves marching in the street, and all of a sudden they're all committing felonies, and they all get locked up?
1: I mean, I'll, I'll, don't do that. The law says don't do it. Obey right, the law. But
0: if, if, you're, if you're a regular person, and you're coming out waving your flag, and you're on a street corner, and everyone's cheering, and then you start marching, and then you're in the street not realizing what's going on, you don't know the law, and then all of a sudden they're like, thank you so much for this law that that 40 you know that that's 50 year old grandmother is now a felon and they lock her up and they put her in solitary
1: i mean they've one they've already done that in federal law um, right but, right that's what i'm saying but, so it's like I, I mean i expect more it's it's quite possible that democrats will use this stuff against us but I mean, I think the net trade-off given how few sort of riots there are from the right, like January 6th was such a bizarre aberration. I mean, I remember just being surprised. It's like, our side never does this. This is, left did this all summer and all, all the time. The right never does this. I,
0: I literally published a video at 1 p.m. that day where I was like, nothing's happening. Trump's speaking. Everyone's waving little flags. <laughs> this is boring. Yeah. And then 10 minutes later, they pushed past the barricade and then 40 minutes later, you know.
1: Oh, it's so stupid. Yeah. So stupid. So anyway, I'm, I'm just I'm not pro, pro-rioting.
4: Like I just don't care. Don't riot. I'm concerned how they redefine riot in the coming years because if they make a law about what you can and can't do when you're rioting, then all of a sudden they're going to make a law about what the word riot is. Yeah, means. That's, that's in it. It changes it
0: to three or more people engaging in tumultuous activity. So if I go
4: on the corner and start playing music and I have four people around me yelling and they're excited, they could say hey, I'm rioting.
1: Maybe, but then there's there's always this First Amendment constraint in the background, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, I mean, I think, in, and I'm confident in the ability of federal courts to enforce the First Amendment and strike down laws, even just as applied, right, if they try to use one of these riot laws to something that is clearly First Amendment protected activity. I just, I'm confident a court would strike it down.
2: What yeah. are they going to do about journalists who are there covering it? One there's, one, there's the problem of people there who are actual journalists who have, you know, their cameras and stuff. And then there's people who fake it you know there have been a lot of people at these riots who have fake press credentials so are they going to arrest everybody including people who are there as reporters or are they going to let reporters go and then have people fake it they'll you know, arrest them
0: they uh, you know i so, mean two
2: of our two of our reporters got arrested yeah yeah, jail.
0: yeah. Uh, i remember i'll tell you this the the simple thing is if you're a journalist and you're working the protest beat be nice to the cops like be calm very calm and have your press credentials readily available ask for a supervisor very calmly and politely if it doesn't happen keep your mouth shut so i've been in so many of these circumstances and i remember in dc on, on the, uh, trump's inauguration several journalists got pulled out of the mass arrest i was one of them why I had my card i asked for a supervisor the guy came over and said you're under arrest i was like just want to let you know i'm pressed he goes not doesn't matter i was like you got it just let you know he came back later and he looked at some journalists and he was like, you come with me. You come with me. And I was like, yo, yo, no, come with me. He pulled us out. Show me your card. He said, all right, you guys are good to go. You know, sorry about that. Some other journalists were in the crowd screaming at the top of their lungs. You mother effer, You can't arrest. I'm like They went to jail. And then they had all of the activists cheer them on. They came out. And these people are hardcore activists. That's why they're screaming at cops and they're angry. So as part of the job, you're not supposed to get arrested, but you get arrested. A real a real professional journalist, in my opinion, gets arrested and they grumble about it and they keep their mouth shut and they let their boss know the moment it's happening, if they can, they say, you know, they'll yell to someone, tell, you know, Channel 5 I'm being arrested and then they'll peacefully put their hands behind the back and then go through the motions. And then when the, you know, the station will call them, the police usually say, okay, you're free to go. But when you scream in their faces and start a fight and you get locked up.
2: If you're screaming at the cops and starting a fight with them, you're probably not a real journalist or a real reporter.
0: Yep. I think it's fair to say we defend the act of journalism. Someone becomes a journalist the moment they're engaging in journalism. But if you combine at any point the act of journalism with the act of rioting or can, or, or screaming at cops, now you're an active participant. You may be an act of journalism, but you're also. I'll, I'll put it this way: the First Amendment says peaceably assemble, meaning if you violently assemble or illegally assemble, then you're not peaceably assembling. Illegal is where it gets interesting, and it's, there are probably case law challenges. But the general idea is. If you're not breaking the law or, or putting people at risk, you're, you're probably fine. The same thing is true for if you're engaging in an act of the press. If you start acting violently, you know, the press is implied that you're being peaceful. If you're now throwing bricks at people and filming it, that's not journalism, you know. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Yes. If, if yeah. this were to filming yourself throw bricks is not journalism. <laughs> yeah. Is it, this is in Florida? Is this where this is? Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's there's, a, there's like, I think, 13
4: states that have the same bill. So if it went through, then would a journalist who steps onto the street
0: be committing a felony? Doubtful. Well, they could charge it, but I don't think it would fly. They could charge it because they'll say, you know, let's say you're there and you're filming and you're in a group of three or more engaging in tumultuous activity. They'll say, ah, you're in the street, felony, you're under arrest. Then you'll go, you'll probably have to go before a judge. You'll tell the judge, I'm a reporter, here's where I work. The judge will be like, okay, you're free to go. If you can't prove you work somewhere, he'll probably say... I don't believe you. You know, your court date is this. It's tough. It's not easy. The first amendment is interesting. It, it defends the press, but now everybody's the press. So I guess the the, the 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 problem now is like the question you ask. If you're a journalist and you enter the street and you're obstructing it now, you got a problem.
1: I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at the statute. It changes the definition to someone who participates in a violent public disturbance involving an assembly of three or more persons. Oh, okay. Acting with a common intent to assist each other in a violent and disorderly context. So, yeah, violence is part of writing.
2: That wouldn't include journalists. No.
0: Journalists are free, then. Yeah. Unless you're filming yourself throwing bricks at people (laughs) and throwing journalists. I mean, (laughs) if you're filming
2: and throwing a water bottle, then... More important part is you're throwing a water bottle, right, right? Exactly.
0: Well, let's 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 jump over to the next story because um, the next one is whether or not we're going to see massive riots across the country. <laughs> and right. W- yes. Yes or no answer. Will Will we see substantially worse riots this this year?
1: Oh man. Uh... <sighs> Okay, substantially yes, no. worse? No, well, I, I won't say substantially worse because they were real bad last year. So don't think I it'll su- be worse this time. No, I think the police will be better prepared. Seems like they've been better prepared mm-hmm. in uh, Brooklyn Center.
0: Do you think there will be riots? Yes. All right, we got this story from Fox News, which I found. I'm sorry, I laughed when I said it when I saw it. Greg Jarrett says Derek Chauvin prosecutors meet the burden of proof in trial. What? And he opens by saying defending the indefensible can be futile and fatuous endeavor. And then he talks a lot about stuff. Blah blah blah. At the end, he says. <laughs> It is never easy to reach a decision unanimously when presented with conflicting testimony as noted herein. Jurors tend to resort to common sense and wisdom grounded in their own life experiences. In this case, the great weight of the evidence favors the prosecution. It has sustained the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt that what Derek Chauvin did was not only wrong but criminal. I can't believe that's true uh, based on everything I've seen so far. And I'm curious, Mr. Lawyer. If you agree with Greg Jarrett that the prosecution has has met the burden of proof, proving that uh, uh, Derek Chauvin was uh, not only wrong but criminal.
1: I I don't think they've proved causation beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, I don't think – I thought Dr. Fowler's testimony I thought was very reasonable. Um, There's just a lot of potential alternate causality here. I mean, the guy had a 90% blocked heart artery. He he had 11 uh, nanograms per milliliter of fentanyl in the system along with methamphetamine. He and five,
0: I think it was what 5.6 of norfentanyl, meaning yeah, metabolized. Yeah,
1: metabolized fentanyl. I mean, and you had the testimony about him sleeping in the in the car and had to be roused. Mm-hmm. Um, he
0: decided to fight with the officers and have this huge adrenaline spike. That yeah. could have been a heart attack. And well, so so here, here's here's my issue, right? So let's go through the charges. This guy is saying they met the burden of proof. I don't see that. We've got murder two, murder three. We've got manslaughter in the second degree and uh, assault in the third degree. Which is they're go the, the the murder two they're going for is the felony murder rule, correct? Mm-hmm. So that means they're 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 arguing that Chauvin did not want to kill George Floyd. Yeah,
1: there's no there's no none of the charges require intent to kill. That's that's the key thing to understand, right? They're going for unintentional murder two, depraved heart murder three, which is also unintentional, and then involuntary manslaughter. So that's all. None of that requires intent to kill. So that's why they didn't spend any time proving it.
0: There was a point in the trial that I've brought up several times where the defense cross-examined the uh, state's use of force expert from L.A. And based on the continuum chart, it's the continuum where it shows, like, passive resistance, which is, you know, going limp or, you know, not standing up, active resistance, which is fighting, and then active aggression, where you're, like, shooting at somebody. In the category, this guy said – in in this continuum, the defense uh, expert witness – I'm sorry. Sorry. The prosecution's expert witness said George Floyd was actively resisting. Mm -hmm. Right next to it, it says – it said, like, electro whatever, you know. force compliance or whatever, which is a taser. And uh, Nelson, the defense uh, attorney, said, so Chauvin could have used a taser immediately upon encountering George Floyd actively resisting the other officers. And the prosecution's witness said, yes. And he goes, and then Chauvin chose a lesser force option of restraint instead. And the expert witness for the prosecution said, yes. That to me right away threw everything out the window. it, It seems like Based on that argument alone, Chauvin was trying not to hurt the man.
1: Right. Or I mean, to minimize. Right. You could see, I mean, there, that could in and of itself be reasonable doubt. I think this, the defense is going to have problems because the defense use of force expert was a clown. Yeah. A complete yeah. clown. I mean, the attempt to say that it wasn't a use of force to hold the guy on the ground because, it, well, it's a constraint position. So there's not even an inquiry as to whether or not the force was excessive. I mean, I thought that was, in it was indefensible. It was revealed on Cross to be indefensible. He had basically like retracted his entire yep. opinion. Uh, within five minutes of cross examination, so that was really bad, and I think it's a it was a huge missed opportunity for the defense because I think you're right. The, you know, there were the defense use of force experts plural had conflicting testimony. I mean, you had the L- LAPD guy saying that holding somebody in the prone position under the circumstances was justified use of force, and then you had the academic saying it wasn't. Right. Uh, and all you need is a guy to get up there and say. Which you know, is it? You know, which is it? And But just you have your own defense expert who says, look, under the totality of these circumstances, this was a justified use of force. Rather than trying to say it wasn't a use of force at all. Like, you just say, like, given the resistance and given the fact that they thought he was going through excited delirium, it was reasonable for them to hold him on the ground uh, and try and and just restrain him and prevent him from moving. And that's what they were doing.
0: The crazy thing to me is that they're trying to claim that Chauvin murdered Floyd. That he was the he was the cause of death, but they can't even tell us definitively what the cause of death was. Right,
1: I mean they 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 say that it's a hundred percent lower, you know, positional asphyxia. Well, they, they
0: changed their position. Who, who, the, 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 initially it was that it was pressure to the neck, cutting off oxygen to the brain, and then apparently because of one of their own experts testifying about how the knee had moved. They switched it up to saying it was, you know, pressure resulting in low respiratory function.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the weakest part of, so Tobin says it was both the knee on the back and the holding him in the prone position. And then also the knee on the side of the neck at times, um, which to me, honestly, doesn't make that much sense because, I mean, I don't know if you've, like, done this, but, like, this isn't near <laughs> your airway, right? Like, the idea that a knee on the back of the neck would close your airway just doesn't make sense. Is that what he said? Think. Close your airway? Right. Like, it would, it would lead to your he airway closing. He a breathing closing. expert, I guess, right? Right. He was a breathing expert. But, and, and, the, the defense expert said, there's, there's no literature on this. Like, and to me, that was a moment of, like, yeah, I mean, you, you're saying he choked via that. And then the positional asphyxia thing, um, it's, suge- the Fowler was able to suggest pretty strongly that, the guy who like, came up with the idea and wrote about it said it really only applies to people who are obese because you're pressing their gut up into their right. lungs. Right. It doesn't apply to people like Floyd, who was quite you know six six two thirty, but very lean. How um, do you
0: how do you can what, what is the argument, the closing argument from the prosecution going to be? Could you even predict it?
1: I mean, the closing argument is going to be use of, unjustified use of force means it's assault, so that's felon, that's murder two. Uh, the knee on the neck is so egregious and appalling that that means it's murder three two. Um, and then he died of positional asphyxia. Dr. Tobin said he did. Listen to him. And the other guy's not credible. He was paid. Something well, like that.
0: I mean, they had one of their defense experts. I think a couple of their experts were paid as well. But sure. Yeah, sure. and I don't,
1: I don't think being paid in the circumstances is, is. I mean, I don't think it makes you more or less credible. I mean, the fact that you're yeah. volunteering and wanting to try and put a guy in jail is weird.
0: I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having this guy be like, I want to fly out here and then come and speak so that I can, you know, make my.
1: I mean, the prosecution team, they had the most. They had Neil Cat, Do you know, I don't know if you guys know Neil Catyal. He was my former criminal law professor. He was former acting solicitor general of the United States.
0: He was, he was serving on the prosecution.
1: He was like, they brought him in for motions practice, right? To argue, (laughs) to argue some of the legal points. He would zoom in and like argue them. And so you've got Eric Nelson, the random criminal defense attorney, arguing against (laughs) Neil Catyal, who argues more Supreme Court cases every year than any other private attorney. Wow. Like just. Why? Oh, and the prosecution team is also mostly private attorneys. Uh, What? So Blackwell. Um, the 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 bald black guy, and yeah, then yeah. and then Schleicher, who handled who handled a lot of the other cross examination. Both of them are like private litigators that that Keith Ellison brought in to handle the case. There's Jeez, only like one man. state prosecutor, the the woman the woman with brown hair. She was the only prosecutor who's actually a prosecutor in her day job.
0: I they overcharged Chauvin. Yeah, they should have gone with what manslaughter.
1: I, th- I mean, I think man two is the correct charge here.
0: But That's, but you don't even think he'll get that.
1: I don't I don't think he'll get that because I think. I think at the end of the day, there's going to be a juror who says to themself, I don't know how he died. Yep. That's reasonable doubt. But even
2: if, even if the juror is like, I think he most likely died because of the knee on the neck, that's still doubt, right? Right. He could still, he still gets off in that case. Like
1: you, you know, and that's going to come up that the closing is going to focus on that. I guarantee you the the defense attorney is a smart guy. I guarantee you that defense attorney knows he's in a lot you know, I yeah. guess, deeper water on use of force than he is on causation. Yeah. And he's going to drill down and be like, unless you are 100% certain that Chauvin died of positional asphyxia, not guilty. Yeah. Right? Floyd, yeah, Floyd. Uh, you, Before, you Floyd do you think died he'll bring up?
0: Uh, I think, didn't Cahill mention in September it looked like Floyd swallowed pills? There was a tweet I pulled up from a, from, a, from like a local journalist.
1: Yeah, I mean, and there, was, there, was, there were pills in the back of the squad car with his they, saliva on them.
0: The, the speedball, a half-chewed yeah. speedball found in the squad car. Yeah. So I I, I I pulled this up. There was a tweet from back in September when they were you know setting up the trial, setting up the uh, the case, where the judge said that he it looked like in the photos Floyd had swallowed pills. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think the defense is going to bring it to the jury George Floyd was seen on camera ingesting what appeared to be drugs. He was with a man that was testified by his own girlfriend to be their drug dealer. They found drugs in the vehicle and he had the drugs in his system, which as you've heard already. Fentanyl depresses your respiratory system, and methamphetamine causes heart arrhythmia. We can't be sure how George Floyd died.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's a very powerful closing, and it's it's a lot harder to rule it out. I mean, they they basically have to rely on these pieces of Dr. Tobin's testimony that said, "Well, if you had a heart attack, you would have seen this and this and this." Who, who
0: gets the last word, though? Prosecution does,
1: right? Yeah, but I mean, the prosecution already had it's. I think yeah, the prosecution gets the last word in in opening and or uh, in
0: closing, in closing arguments. Yeah, yeah. That's powerful.
1: It is, but it's still beyond a reasonable doubt. And I think, I think at the end of the day, the defense has it. Um, I've seen, you know, I think about the Robert Durst case where the guy literally, uh, uh, what's the word for, uh, not decapitated, but uh, dismembered dismembered his neighbor ah. uh the dismembered body was you know pieces of the dismembered body were found in the in the lake or in the in the river the axe used to do the dismembering was found in in durst's car uh, <laughs> oh. um what when was this this was uh this is a great hbo show called the jinx which you have to watch oh if you haven't yeah, seen it, yeah 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 the jinx the jinx it's, it's incredible yeah. um and uh he claimed self-defense you know um said what? said that the guy was his friend and uh, you know you you know when do you dismember someone in self defense uh,
3: <laughs> so how did he get acquitted
2: that's that's he got a, he
1: managed to give Quaid reasonable doubt that he, that the oh, thing that no. led to his he's like I didn't murder him I did dismember him
2: <laughs> I think it was wasn't it the New York Post that the headline was Durst who cut up body claims self defense <laughs> <laughs> that was the New York Times that said that oh, right? wow <laughs> Holy
1: yeah cow. it
0: was that was a headline well hold, hold on there's something we got to consider though. If tonight we see rioting and I think one of these jurors lives in Brooklyn Center and the rest of the jurors still have to commute through riots to get to court, you think they're going to show up on Monday sweating bullets knowing that if they say not guilty, that it's going to be a brick through their window and their house on fire?
1: Maybe. I mean, I could see somebody hanging the jury because of that. They're just like not willing to go with a not guilty verdict. So I think, you know, I think hung jury is a real possibility here. And that
0: means they redo the trial again later, right?
1: Right. It would just be a mistrial. Wow.
0: Um, what's the difference between
4: murder three and manslaughter?
1: Uh, murder three is what's called depraved heart uh, murder. So, like that's supposed to be really, really you know, involuntary manslaughter is is you know, killing someone without intent, right? Generally, it's that's the usual crime. Like for example, uh, the Dante Wright case where the woman mistake mistook her taser for a mistook her gun for a taser and shot the guy. That's an involuntary manslaughter well, charge.
0: So the so the one cop says she. I don't think she's actually made her statement yet.
1: Right. Right, fair enough. But, like, that's what they charge. That's the first thing they charged. Um, but depraved heart murder is, is things that are, like, really beyond the pale that indicate a depraved heart. So. You know, juggling the, chainsaws? Juggling chainsaws. And then you throw uh, someone at somebody or somebody. You know, the, the, <laughs> the, the, I think I read that the classic case in Black Letter Law is uh, two people are playing a modified Russian roulette where they're shooting. You know, there's one bullet and a revolver, and they're shooting each other, and finally one of them died. And they're like, okay, that's not involuntary manslaughter, even if you didn't have intent to kill. Right. That's, I see, that's I see so beyond the pale. So but weird. But it's not, it's not supposed to be that common. Third-degree murder is not supposed to be that common. Um, and so what,
0: they're claiming that... That what, that he he was, he like, in his mind, he was like, I don't want to kill him, but man, I hope he dies. Like, is that kind of Something
1: it? Something, or, or like, you just, I don't care that I'm putting my knee mm. on his neck and suffocating, you know, and suffocating him. Even if I'm not trying to kill him, I don't care that I'm yeah. inflicting this it's much a pain. Weird
0: distinction. It just, like doesn't even matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's there so that sometimes things that are really beyond the pale can get more years.
0: The prosecution's own witness, I think more than one, testified that the, the position Chauvin was in was a ground control technique that they actually train. The Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy said, yes, that's a ground control technique. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> what? I, I'm sorry, man. Look, I, I, nobody wants – well, I should say most people don't want anyone dying, right? There's a, there's a faction of murderers, I suppose, they exist, and depraved individuals. That's why we have murder charges. But, I mean, nobody wanted to see anybody die in the Dante Wright case, in the, in the Adam Toledo case, in George Floyd. But the cop shows up. De Chauvin was told it was a priority one, right? That means sirens rush in, guys actively resisting – he shows up and he sees Floyd resisting and he chooses not to tase him. I'm going to restrain him anyway. I'm going to use a ground control technique. Everyone's screaming in his face. One guy's an MMA fighter and he's being held back by someone else. That was one of the, the most amazing things to me about the case. This guy who's an MMA fighter testified, he put, he put him in a blood choke. And then when Nelson shows the video, he's like, there's the MMA fighter in front of Chauvin, who's what, five nine one forty pounds. And someone was holding this guy back. Stands to reason that Chauvin felt he was in a very serious threatening situation he's a little distracted like yeah.
1: I would be distracted under the circumstances how too how do they
0: not have reasonable doubt it's it's like I'm sorry but at this point I have like it's not it's not reasonable doubt it's like what's o- overt uh, uh disbelief you know what I mean like
1: <laughs> right like you think you mean you just think he's innocent I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right like that's that's simple um, I-, I
0: love how the left is their attitude is but we saw it on video
1: Doesn't yeah matter. it's
0: like all the context the training Policing, none of it matters. And, and
1: I can't stand how the left is covering this. Like, they're, they are not preparing their audience at all for an acquittal. Like, they're just, they're saying that this is, trial is going mm-hmm. swimmingly for the prosecution. Mm. And it's like, there was a day that went really well for the prosecution when they cross examined. Yeah, the use of force expert. But every, every other day, I would say, mm. the prosecution has not been that great. Um, you know, they, they, they had like tons and tons of witnesses and, Nelson was able to get out a lot on a cross.
0: I so so uh, I'm not a lawyer. I, I don't typically follow criminal trials, and I, I, I thought when the the prosecution's use of for uh, use of force experts were testifying, I thought it was a defense witness. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is great. The defense is really laying it out. And then I was like, wait, that's the prosecution's witness. Yikes! They brought in a guy to claim that Chauvin was doing what he was supposed to do and could have done worse. Wow. Yeah. I was like, are they trying to lose? Or, I, I can't remember who it was that we were talking to They said, there's just no case. I mean, it one, on the one hand, it's
1: really hard because there's a lot of what Chauvin is doing. I mean, and there's this mismatch too, right? Like, the thing that really seems be, like excessive force is, in particular, the knee on the neck or in the neck area. And also, like, holding onto him well after he's lost his pulse. That seems like excessive force. But so much of everything that led up to that was was policy like i think they conceded you know holding somebody in the prone position for excited delirium i thought that i'm pretty sure that was minneapolis policy
0: right Uh, but but also they're like yeah but why nine minutes because the mma guy was screaming in his face and being held back and chauvin was very distracted and didn't know what was going on
1: because they were they thought ems was coming and be right there and they were just trying to like hold on did you
0: did you see the prosecution's uh uh expert use of force witness Who said, when he was asked by, on, on cross, have you ever held someone in a, in a, in a restraint until EMS arrived? Yes, I did. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, it's just, it's just true. So, yeah. Their own I, witnesses over and over and over again. That was crazy to me. Yeah. And then I, I, I was reading, the, the crazy thing about it is I'm watching the trial. And like, like I said, the first, the first time I, I, I tuned, I, I tuned into the, to the cross examination, I thought it was the defense's own witness. And I was like, oh, wow, we're in the defense. Wait a minute. The defense hasn't started their case yet? Wow. And then I start watching the mainstream media. And what do they do? They show only the highlight reel of one fighter landing punches.
2: Mm-hmm. They
0: omit the defense. The craziest thing about that, I think it was Slate.com, right? Lefty publication, mm-hmm. where they say, is the defense floundering? And then they're, 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 I, I see these articles where they're like, the defense is, is helpless. And I'm like, when your commentary is derivative – of biased news sources and you don't double check you write opinions that are based in just yeah not, no, not nobody reality.
1: was watching cross i remember I, we were watching i think cnn uh a couple you know a couple days ago during um the defense witnesses and and finally their analysts were talking about cross-examination and how like they were able to ask questions and things like that and i'm like i realize you guys haven't even talked about cross-examination yet yeah. you got it's just you've only broadcast highlights of direct yep and you have no, and that gives you no clue about what's actually happening. You know why? In the case,
0: these people have invested everything in the resistance in Donald Trump. That's why there are still these YouTubers and there are still these news outlets that are writing about Donald Trump today. It's
2: amazing. They talk about January 6th almost every single night. I watch CNN and MSNBC every night. They talk about it literally. I don't know. Will watch it with me? Would you say almost every single night?
1: Almost every night. I mean, Ma- Rachel Maddow did like forty minutes on Russia, La- Trump yeah, Russia. Last last night, night. No, what? Last forty she, minutes. She
2: talked about Russia, Trump Russia, and then she talked about. I think it was Dante Wright. She talked about for a little bit, or it was. Yeah, a shooting. there was like there was like twenty and minutes of the riots back to yeah. Russia. So the, the these
0: these people have an audience of cultists that they've whipped into a cult over the past several years. And they know if they give them real information that offends them, their minds will explode. So they're like, okay, let's see. We have this trial and the prosecution expert witness says Chauvin should not have done that. That's great. We'll put that, uh, for, for 10 p.m. or for, for 10 a.m. Then we have the defense. They said, actually, he should not have done it, but it was part of his training. Let's, let's throw that in the garbage and let's, this next one says Chauvin was using it because of force. We'll put that right there. And then, but, that's my opinion and not the facts because he was trained to do that and other officers do it as well. Let's we'll throw that one in the garbage. Just the, right.
4: just the highlights.
2: This is a so, major part of what's stirring up riots. You have all of these viewers watching what they think is the facts of the trial. Yeah. They turn on CNN and MSNBC every single night. And then what if he gets off? Well, what they've been watching is showing them to them, obviously, he should have been convicted.
0: Imagine so, what
2: You know, once he gets off, it's like, they have more of a reason to go out and riot. I'm, I'm
0: at, imagine watching a boxing match where they only show you, you know, fighter in the, in the blue shorts, punching the fighter in the red shorts over and over again. You're like, oh, this is brutal. It's over, man. This is, oh, jeez. And then all of a sudden... They, they go to call it and they raise the arm of the guy in the red shorts you're like but well, he didn't land a single punch
4: they'll even be like why does that other guy's face look so busted up <laughs> yeah, right. like, <laughs> it doesn't matter he won <laughs> right. Yeah, and then they write, it and it'll be cognitive they won't even question why it looks like, like literally that's how the human mind is mm. built or, or
0: actually maybe a better way to put it is like it's a World Series match it's you know baseball and it's the uh, I don't know I don't know any teams give me a team we've got the White Sox Cleveland Indians do they play against the Indi- the Sox they play
4: against the White Sox no no they play against they
1: wouldn't, the wouldn't not in the World Series yeah. the World Series
0: is going to be National American League so let's say Cubs so the Cubs Cubs versus Sox yeah what I guess they both (laughs) make it Chicago so there's gonna be a riot no matter what happens I mean it is Chicago (laughs) and uh basically people are watching and then they only see the home run scored by the Sox and they're like wow it's 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 they got eight runs in they must have won and then when it turns out the Cubs had nine they just don't believe like you're lying yeah we watched the game We didn't see any of that And they go around And destroy everything Riot smashing things And just anger Well I
1: mean they're, they're doing it again So the Dante Wright thing We were watching it on CNN And MSNBC They always play the clip And you know what they omit The part where he's being Placed under arrest And, and then evades And gets back into his car yep. They cut They cut to begin the thing mm. Right after that happens And while he's already Back in the car oh.
0: In I think it was It was either 2015 or 16 There was a Trump rally In Janesville, Wisconsin There was an old man Arguing with a young woman mm. She started screaming, he touched my breast, he touched my breast. He puts his hands up and says, I didn't even touch you. Then she punches him in the face and someone pepper sprays her. Mike.com added the most insane edit I've ever seen because it was within like one second where he puts his hands up, then she punches him and gets pepper sprayed. So they added like a flare, a white flash, and all it did was cover up her punching the old man. <laughs> So all you see her doing is going. He touched my breast. He puts his hands up, and then the screen flashes, and she's going, "Ah, getting pepper sprayed." Wow. They literally cut out her punching a guy in the face. She was yeah. pepper sprayed in self-defense of others. Yeah, amazing. What,
2: what goes through your mind when you're like, "I'm going to edit this video and make this woman not punch him"? Why?
0: Because they're like, <laughs> "I'm going to make so much money from yeah, this." Click,
2: yeah, man. That's true.
0: Yep. Yeah. I that's, don't know. It's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's the That's, public perception that's like the media that. landscape. I'll tell you what this results time. in. Let's jump to this next story because this is where this is what we can we can expect right now. So we so we have this anti-riot law come up. We got this you know, Chauvin trial and we think there's going to be riots. Check out this story from Scriber News. Scriber correspondent attacked while covering protest. This is Kalen D. Almeida. We know him. Yes. A night covering Black Lives Matter. Los Angeles protests had peaceful moments, but parts turned to mayhem in the evening hours. scuffles broke out as a Scriber field correspondent was attacked. Scriber field reporter Kalen D'Almida was attacked at approximately 10.30 p.m. on Highland Avenue between Hawthorne and Selma in Hollywood. I mean, this, this video is particularly brutal. I, I can't play for you the video, but this is a guy who is just doing journalism and they chase him down. They, they stalk him. They follow him. They repeatedly like shove him, hit him, knock him to the ground. It's particularly bad. I, I, my understanding and, and I could be wrong is I, I believe he got knocked unconscious and like yeah. left on the ground. Particularly brutal attack. So we have these roving bands of, I guess, terrorists.
4: Vigilantes. Ter- terrorists. No, no, they're not vigilantes. That's, Beating a be- themselves.
0: Criminals. No, whole, yeah, who should well, be in no. jail? They view themselves as like righteous, righteous superheroes. <laughs> the criminals resistance. who should be in jail. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they see themselves as a resistance. Honestly, I don't even know if they see themselves. You know what I mean? No like self awareness. No, no, but I, but I, but but I do mean that. Like, how many of these people just don't know? They're just outside board, and then they see a group punching someone, so they run up and punch them, and they're not thinking anything.
1: Who knows? I don't know. I mean, like, Antifa would do that stuff. Uh, you know, they they would love to get up in people's faces— I I mean, I remember something as simple as like when Jack went to that protest at the Lincoln, I think it was the Lincoln yeah. statue in DC. Yeah. And just had, you know, clearly was just being assaulted by this random Antifa kid, Jason Charter or whatever, who ended up being arrested. Oh yeah, Jack Posobiec. Right. It was a great photo. It was a great <laughs> photo. <laughs> but like, he you're just, you're Jack. just watching it and it's like, this guy's committing c- crimes on camera. Like, that's assault. You can't just push people for, and like, prevent them from going places. You can't get in people's faces. You can't you're you're committing crimes on camera, dude. You're, you're going right. to get arrested for them.
4: A friend of mine actually texted me about Kalen earlier today and was like, "I guess people don't like being recorded while they're committing crimes."
0: That's yeah.
4: that's probably
0: yeah. uh, that's probably correct.
2: I went serious to, crimes too. I went to Black Lives Matter Plaza one night um, when there's a lot of people there, and it to me seemed like they were just randomly picking people to kick out i i couldn't really see a pattern of who they were picking but it kind of seemed like and it was a very specific group of people it wasn't everybody there but it was you know a group of people and they would just find someone who was recording and make them leave
1: i I would be fine with like a very serious like ramping up the penalties for assaulting a journalist right like five years (laughs) well like how do you define journalists in that capacity i mean well uh, somebody who's like committee if if I mean, you could probably figure out a way to do it. That somebody, if you beat up somebody who's filming you, right? Like in the, in the, in the middle of a riot or a protest or whatever, like that's a five-year count.
2: They chased out CNN. They did. Yeah, you're right. And CNN
1: didn't even mention it.
2: Not once. <laughs> no, really? Not once.
0: Wow. They're awful. Not in, like, I
2: checked the website. I checked the what shows. Not one mention. Look, but, Jeff, J- Jeff that?
0: Zucker is the reality TV guy. Isn't he the Apprentice guy?
2: Yeah, he wanted Trump. Wasn't that him?
0: What? He, well, no, I no. But did, he did, did, is did, he, yeah, up. he was the the Apprentice guy, wasn't he? I don't know. I think
4: so.
3: CNN <laughs> brought on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Double check me. Double check on that what one. That. I'm pretty sure Zucker was the was the Apprentice guy or the reality. He was reality TV for NBC, and CNN brought him on because they were like, "Listen, you know, uh, here's how I imagine it." You've got uh, the, the executives, you know, Time Warner, whatever, AT&T, whoever bought CNN. And they're like, we don't want to do news. We just want to be bad people. What's the worst possible thing we can do for humanity? And they're like, got it. Let's hire Brian Stelter, <laughs> Oliver Garcia, <laughs> and Jeff Zucker to run everything. <laughs> Did you see the uh, uh, Project Veritas thing with, uh, with Brian Stelter? Yeah, that was funny. So for those that haven't followed the story... Project Veritas got an amazing expose as a CNN technical director, basically saying they're a propaganda network, gloating about COVID death, celebrating the numbers. I'm like, that's insane, man. Yeah, I would. You know what I would love? To talk about Sonic the Hedgehog again. Yes. You know, we, like we've we've done we've done segments about like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because we really want to talk about fun things and argue about inanities instead of this CNN guy gloating about all the dead people means ratings. Jeez. Well, so Ver- James O'Keefe gets suspended from Twitter. They uh, sent a journalist to confront Brian Stelter. And Brian Stelter, in the most... What's the right word? What's... It's, it's hard to say. I want, it's, I want to say combination of pathetic and unwillingness to do your job and dishonesty. Is there a word for that? Can we make a word for that? Probably a German word, we'll, honestly. We'll call it we'll Call it Cal, stelt. cultist,
2: stelter. Cultist, steltering? steltering. Steltering.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like Rupar.
0: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, steltering. So this journalist says... You have a comment. You know your employee said you're a propaganda network, and he goes, "I feel really bad for you." And I'm like, "Dude, listen. First of all, who 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 explains PR to these people? Mm-hmm. You want if 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 I was confronted by somebody, don't you realize that insulting them and yelling at them makes everything worse for you? Yeah. He could have just been like, "I'm not the PR person. I'm not familiar with this guy. I don't really have much to say, and I'm sorry. I wish I did." Right. And then it's like, "Can you answer this question?" Honestly, I really can't. Right. I respect that you're doing journalism. I'm sorry. I, I talk I have to nothing
1: that... talk to the networks. Network has a PR arm. You can talk to them. I, if I'd, you I'd want just be like, comment on the record.
0: I'd be like, look, you know, um, I don't really know. This guy He doesn't work on my show. I'm not familiar with his opinions. I disagree with them. I appreciate you guys are trying to get to the bottom of something you think is is malfeasance. You're gonna have to talk to CNN's network and, and get a statement. That's all they can really say. Is that Instead, all he said? He didn't say he didn't say that at all. I'm saying he should have said that. No, I'm
2: saying is all he said. I feel bad for you.
0: Yes. Wow. Twice he said it, and then he's like looking at security and going like, argh, argh, argh. "What?
1: Get this prol away That's from like me." The I wonder.
2: This <laughs> going say. Yeah. He,
0: so I look at this guy, um, you know, uh, Kalen. Mm. He gets brutally beaten in the quest to film. And give the public a view into what these people are doing. In the, in the process of being beaten, he's still done that. He's shown, you know, the, the country and the world who these people really are. I love how the activists like to say the whole world is watching. They usually chant it a whole lot. They don't really chant it all that much, but the world is watching and they can see these people who, for, for who they are. But you won't see that. You won't learn these things on CNN because Brian Stelter is too busy complaining about Tucker Carlson's opinions. Opinions he's allowed to have. Opinions that are decently influential. Opinions that only passively affect policy. And that's his show. That's CNN. You have these people at CNN who brag about being liars, manipulators, fear mongers. And they're millionaires for it. I can't stand that guy, Brian Stelter. Mm. I, and there are not a lot of people I can't
4: stand. I'm, I'm pretty open, but like Mitch McConnell and Brian Stelter, I can't <laughs> stand. <laughs> That's a weird My combination part of weird. names. Yeah, how yeah. are those guys in any position of power mm. only mm. by name recognition? C- did CNN still stelt that well, guy up? Did no <laughs>
0: Well, I, I mean, look, look for Mitch McConnell. You know, uh, growing up as a, a a young turtle in a sewer who was exposed to the yes. earth, oh, he the hit, got the mutagen after yeah. he after no, he was you know. Uh, Retired, mm-hmm. he went to a life of politics, and his notoriety as a Ninja Turtle really, really helped him. Though, though uh, and as for Stelter, um, little, little known that when the when the Ninja Turtles were were, were doused in the ooze, someone had thrown uh, some potato. potatoes <laughs> into the gutter, and the ooze at that as well. I, I don't, know. I don't, I don't really
4: understand. That's that. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. I don't take him seriously, but that's a problem because sometimes if you just ignore people and. and and mock them, they become very dangerous.
1: Well, it's like in a normal world, he would be like this fringe lunatic who'd be like struggling for any airtime. He'd be like Alex Jones. You know, you'd, you'd see him and be like, "Oh, that's a horrible disinformation." He would be like Alex Jones. Right, like or treated like Alex Jones is currently exactly. treated. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's a better way to put right. it cuz he is. Right, like, you know, Actually, that's... Actually. That, no no no, right, like I think I mean, if you That's unfair to, to Alex Jones. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a very unfair comparison. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I mean and I'm sorry, Alex, I didn't mean to, you know, but you mean dare he'd be ostracized by society. Right, he'd be ostracized by society. He'd be, you know, struggling to even get work. He'd be mm-hmm. struggling to stay on platforms. Uh, because people would be like, "Wow, this guy's super dishonest and spreading disinformation constantly," um, and I feel that way constantly. Like, there's so many things that the left does, and it's like, I just imagine if you were, you know, I think about the kind of tightrope I have to walk to keep my platform. And I'm like, you guys can just do the most absurd fake news. All time. I mean, the Russian bounty story, like amazing uh, election disinformation, right? Like, if the right had something like that and it was revealed, everybody who promulgated it would have been deplatformed.
0: Yep. Imagine how it works with the fact checkers. Imagine—I'll uh, I'll tell you a story. There was a guy. Uh, the AP published a story. There was some guy who took credit for some action, and I said, based on my investigation—and and, you know, I did preliminary, pr- preliminary investigation. This is fake news. The AP is publishing, you know, b- bunk information. YouTube deleted my video, mm-hmm. saying it was like a guidelines uh, like community violation. I don't know the exact reason because I wasn't given a legitimate one. It was, you know, community guidelines violation. And then two days later, I think it was, or a day later, the AP issued a retraction saying, we were wrong, here's what really happened, and it backed up my story, and then YouTube reinstated my video. The assumption is that the AP must be correct, and Tim Pool, random YouTuber, must be wrong. Meanwhile, we're the ones fact-checking the establishment. They call those gatekeepers. And they're very dangerous for a free and open society. If ABC News has an intern who writes an article that says, Ian Crossland did a backflip, We're we're back on the Ian Crossland does things. uh, I'm down with this
4: backflip thing. Hmm. And
0: then I come out as someone who knows Ian and say, this is just not true. Don't defame me, Tim. The the fact checkers will say, Tim Poole lied and published false information. ABC News reported this happened.
4: And if I would say, no, Tim is right. ABC lied. They'd be like, Ian
0: Crossland is not a credible source. That's right. They'd say he's lying to defend himself. (laughs) So the point is. When CNN, NBC, or ABC, or MSNBC, or any of these outlets make a claim, it is assumed to be true no matter what, with or without sources. Here's what I love about Veritas. James O'Keefe literally posts a video where it's a guy saying that, that CNN is propaganda. And they're like, that's deceptively edited. Meanwhile, the New York Times is like, a source familiar with how Trump thinks, believes that Trump wants to kick a puppy. And then it's like a headline story because what some guy in an alley was ranting about, he know, he can read Trump's mind? You That's mean, fact news, though.
1: Remember that video I took of the Trump uh, worker being kicked out of the polling the, the, place? The, the poll watcher. That got fact-checked into oblivion. Nobody ever called me. And they the fact-checks were wrong. They were no. all like, he was let in later. False. He was not. He never went back. So, I so, was so, with him some all day. So for
0: some context, during uh, uh, election day, you, you, went, uh, you were there and you filmed a poll watcher being removed. Yeah, or being, being barred entry. Yeah,
1: being refused entry into a polling place. We need a we had a certificate that guaranteed him that gave him the right to enter any polling place in the city of Philadelphia. They wouldn't let him in. They wouldn't let him in. Fact and
0: checkers claimed you were lying.
1: Fact checkers claimed I was first there was one fact checker who claimed I was it was I was just lying that the guy didn't have the right to be there. False. Then fact checkers later claimed based on a report, you know, they got a they called the city and the city said, "Oh, this guy was let back in." They didn't call us. I have I have a Twitter account, you know, like you could reach out and say like did was he ever let back in? Cuz the answer was no, he never was let back in. It's fu- good. Oh, sorry to interrupt. No, but that uh, good. It's
4: just it's just it, I was going to say it's funny to think how much people actually lie, but it not it's not funny like I'm not laughing about it, but it's so prevalent. Like mm-hmm. I don't think about it cuz I don't lie during the day. For the most part, I'm honest,
0: but there it's just so common. You know why people are scared of James O'Keefe? Cuz they're going to get caught lying. Yeah. And do you know who's not scared of James O'Keefe? Me. Anybody, Any every, everybody here, we've hung out with him because the things we say in the show are the things we say in real life. There's no secret where it's like, okay, James, here's what we really think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, like, I invite them on to tell them what I really think. Right. Yeah, yeah we, we yeah. all we all say our opinions. I do recognize there's a problem in that, in, in the digital space, certain opinions are banned. Mm. And we're just happy to have, a, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky enough to have opinions that fall into the right, you know, area. But when I'm talking with anybody from the left or the right, I say the same things I say on here as I say off the show. The only difference is I won't say people like I'll I'll avoid saying someone's name if they're like a, you know, certain individuals to avoid causing, you know, like a brigade or something. I'll say say people's say people's names privately because it's not going to, you know, go out into the ether and then cause someone to get a bunch of emails or something. That's about it. You know, a lot of people are scared of this
4: deception world is crazy that like the, the city would tell say that he came back just.
1: Yeah. And they didn't they didn't check up with us i mean i think some other poll watcher eventually went back to that polling place but it wasn't the one that was in the video because i was with them all day and they and they just reported that as like as true without reaching out to us and i mean the fact that the original fact checks were wrong i mean it was just it was really embarrassing for them
4: even like when you call the bank and you're like i have an overdraft fee can you help me they're like i can't they're lying to you of course they can and then if you if you push them a little bit and say can i talk to your manager they'll go okay hold one second oh hello mr cross and i was able to take that charge off
0: I've got a I I want to I want to I want to I want to talk about Project Veritas because I've I mentioned this a bit yesterday a bit earlier today but I really do think that what they're doing is probably the most consequential and important whatever you want to call it fighting battles that anyone in the culture war is doing mm-hmm. because James is not only doing the investigations publishing videos of people saying these things he's fighting the legal battles suing the New York Times which has has uh, 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 let me let me ask you this. Uh, Let
4: me Mm -hmm.
0: let me I'll make a few more points. suing the New York Times, suing CNN, now he's going to be suing Twitter. He's not backing down. He is going nuclear and he's doing so much more than anyone else is willing to do. He's willing to just refuse to bend the knee in any capacity. And there are so many people that I I get mad at these cops in the Minneapolis area who can see what's happening with show and his other cops. And they're like, well, I'm going to stay here. It's fine. I'm not going to stand up. I'm not going to speak out because a lot of cops did. They quit. They refused. We had this story. People mentioned, I think it was in Denver, I guess, like 20 cops were like, nope, we out. But some of these cops are like, I'll keep my head down and say nothing. James is the opposite of that. That's why I respect him because he's like, I'm going to stand up and scream twice as loud now. So let's, 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 let's talk about this. I have a question for you, Will. Um, in the New York Times lawsuit for, with Veritas, the judge said uh, when he, he, so the New York Times filed a motion to dismiss saying that their reporters were making uh, opinions which are unactionable. And the judge said, if you, if you have a fact-based news story and your reporters interject their opinions, it stands to reason you should inform your readers of that. Mm-hmm. For one, I'm curious your opinions on his ruling and, and, and what that might mean. But does, does this in any way set precedent that we could use moving forward?
1: I mean, a New York State... A- court opinion is is weak precedent generally because it's you know it's it's a new york judge applying new york defamation law in a new york court so but it um, works for new york it it, i mean it probably works in federal district court it's also not an appellate court ruling which really you know if you actually want like precedent that like binds future courts and really influences courts far and wide a single state district judge is not going to do it generally that said uh I think, you know, this could go up on appeal, and you could get an appellate opinion from the New York— because I, I assume the New York Times is going to appeal this um, if they don't settle it. And uh, I think it could be valuable there. I think I, I think it's just generally—I mean, it's a great opinion, though, and it it provides a sort of template for how to approach these things when the New York Times yeah. does this in the future or any other outlet does it. I mean, that's a very persuasive point. Like, you don't get to suddenly claim you're an opinion outlet when— you're writing a news article and then saying somebody is deceptive and misinforming
4: people. I've
0: I've had a lot of lawyers tell me this that when a news article smears me, it's an opinion, and I'm like, how does a someone claim to be fact-based, real news, publish opinion pieces and and, and get away with it without without any any accountability? Well,
1: I mean, it's you know, even then, remember, he just got past a motion to dismiss. He's still right, got to prove yeah. actual malice. I mean, he's alleged it, uh, and I think there was a circumstance where, you know, for some reason. Uh, the timing of... uh, In particular, I think it was the timing of this article and how quickly it went up. Um, Right, it's like within 63 minutes. Within 63 minutes or something, that was what the judge used to infer actual malice and infer that they didn't even have time to try and they still published it anyway.
0: The the New York Times, I think they claimed that if you read James's Wikipedia, that shows that he has no ability to sue anyone at any point because he is so defamed. It's an interesting argument because I get it, Right. The average person sees this and assumes all of these things are true and correct. So that brings me to the Wikipedia argument where if Wikipedia is claiming that, like, we got very serious problems right now. I guess the issue is James is like one of the few people going to war. Like, where's everybody else? I don't know how else you, 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 you know, well, for, rally the truth. for
1: just a little help, I pull up Bill Ayers Wikipedia. I don't know if you guys can do that. Oh yeah, but this like the I just from the weather this is the Weather Underground terrorist, right? Weather Underground terrorist.
0: Excuse me, Will. Excuse me, mm-hmm. William Charles Ayers is an American elementary education theorist. Oh, oh yeah, and he was a leader of a militant group described by the FBI as a terrorist group. Okay, that opposed his involvement in the Vietnam War. He oh, is that's known, all they did. He is known for his 1960s radical activism. And activist. his later work in education reform, curriculum, and instruction. On, oh, he is? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what he's known James, for? They say not James setting o- off
4: bombs all over the country?
0: And they <laughs> say Absolutely Project not. Project Veritas is a far-right con- activist group mm-hmm. that engages in disinformation.
4: You're talking about Enrique Tarrio, the chairman of the Proud Boys, a far-right neo-fascist and (laughs) male-only white nationalist that promotes and engages in political violence?
3: That sounds right, yeah. Right, like not setting off bombs, by Mm. the
4: way. Right, yeah. How many
1: bombs has Enrique Tarrio set off? Zero. Zero? Zero.
0: It it does say in the next paragraph, he engaged in a campaign of bombing public buildings, including police stations, the U.S. Capitol, and the Pentagon
3: secondary wow thanks for bringing that to my attention the second (laughs) paragraph
0: (laughs) (laughs) why doesn't it say william charles ayers is a far-left terrorist and conspiracy theorist Mm -hmm. who is most known for engaging in terroristic plots and insurrection against the united states
1: that would be pretty accurate yeah or at least like you've got to have the same sort of neutralizing like i mean i've seen so many people on our side who have wikipedia profiles that begin just like the one about enrique tario far-right's an opinion it's yeah It's an immediately, it's an opinion.
0: Saying William Charles Ayer is an an American elementary educational theorist is a fact. You can argue some of it's an opinion, like, what does it mean to be a theorist? But no, like, he does that. Yes. You could also say he's a terrorist. That's also a fact.
3: Also true. But if
0: you said he was far left, far right, you know, or whatever, they say self-described communist. You know why? Because calling him a communist could be an opinion. As a self, they say. He was uh, you know, a, a founding man, a co-founder of The Weather Underground, a self-described communist revolutionary group. They're very careful when it comes to Bill Ayers. With everyone else, from people like Mike Cernovich, Jack Posobiec, or Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, they assert a bunch of opinions. They're deceptive, they're misleading, they're conspiracy theorists, they're far-right, none of which are statements of fact. Why is Wikipedia engaging in opinion articles about people?
1: It's 230. 230 is so broad, and I mean, this is actually one area where I think I really think we could do without 2:30. I mean, I think you know, or or very much narrow it so that, like, you know, Wikipedia. Okay, it has its little, it has its pages, and people can access them if they want. But if they show up on Google searches, which they do, then that's Wikipedia publishing them. So they're they're now liable for whatever. I I I
0: I made this argument the other day. This bill, this this, let me let me let me pull up James O'Keefe.
4: This is going to be good.
0: (laughs) Well, we, we we showed this the other day. We'll pull up we'll pull up James. Is an American conservative political activist and provocateur. What's a provocateur? That's an opinion. Uh. Mm-hmm. What has he done that's been a, that, that can be definitively stated as, as as being a provocateur?
1: He's a journalist.
0: American journalist. He's
1: investigative an investigative journalist. journalist. Has
0: Has James ever called himself a conservative activist? I don't think so. Mm. I don't think he's ever referred to himself h- to himself Not that, to that way. I don't think he's ever referred to himself as an activist. I mean, so again,
1: Bill a- Ayers a- bombed federal buildings. Yes. James O'Keefe filmed people saying some things they wish they didn't. <laughs> One's a far-right activist. Yep. They're bo- or they're both activists in this respect. Yeah. And, but one is first off defined as being an uh, education theorist.
3: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. So here, here's the point I brought up the other day. Wikipedia right here, this is... Wh- whose name is next to this statement? Wikipedia. In a comment section, for which Section 230 is designed, the username appears. On Twitter, your picture and your username appears. On Facebook, your profile picture, your name appears. On Wikipedia, it says, Wikipedia the free encyclopedia. James O'Keefe, for, from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. Let me stop right there. The article says, "From Wikipedia, I rest my case, Your Honor."
1: I mean, I think you know. I, as I, I was saying before, I think two thirty has been interpreted broadly enough by the courts that it would probably be a defense to any lawsuit based on this but, stuff. But,
0: but, 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 if so, you're saying if I write an if I if I publish an article, if okay, let's let's slow down on timcast.com. I take the comments from people under a video. I then take the text, write, put it all as an article, and then put timcast.com. This article is from timcast.com, and it says all of these insane things. They can't sue me.
1: Uh, I mean, it depends. I mean, they could like, sue
0: me, but I could argue Section Two Thirty. This is user-generated content. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably. <laughs> I mean, the
1: way that it's been interpreted, I think you'd probably be safe. I mean, it's been—it's a very, very broad grant of immunity. I don't wow. think we need it. I, I'm sorry. Like, I know it would very much disrupt Wikipedia's current model where, good. they, you know, and but I'm right. like, good. It's, it's a defamation engine. So, That's what it is. Okay.
2: I have a question for anybody. So 230 means that social media companies are not liable for what people say on their site. Correct? Mm-hmm. So if you take that away, wouldn't that lead to more censorship? Because if they're liable for what people say, then take more of it off.
0: Theoretically, yes. It could mean that Twitter can't exist unless Twitter vets the people who are posting. And it might revert back to everyone having their own website, which might be something better. I mean, the thing that Ian and I have been talking about for the past, I guess, what, three or four weeks is people having their own websites with open source networking technology built in. So that if you have you know humanevents.com, you can install this plugin, which creates a networking function where you can choose what to exclude from, you know, people who are redirected. But it it basically creates this recommendation system so that I'll say, I definitely want to have human events recommended in the networking tab of timcast.com. And it creates a social media function on my website.
1: I mean, I'd be okay with just a narrowed 230 that essentially allows Twitter and Facebook to continue their current business model, assuming they don't, they knock off the censorship and then also, but also like really puts the screws to Wikipedia, right? You know, cause I think, I think there's something particularly damaging about Wikipedia posturing as an encyclopedia that is authoritative. And yet it is just an engine of defamation.
0: It's an opinion, an opinion aggregator. Mm -hmm. But, but my, my main point is the other day I was saying that if, you know, I mentioned like your username appears next to what you say. We say that's definitively, definitively from you. What Wikipedia does is it takes the opinions Opinions, literally opinions, framing and opinions of random people, but then it publishes them to a front-facing page that says Wikipedia on top. Mm-hmm. In my and some of these articles, notably the James O'Keefe article, is protected. That means Wikipedia has decided the general public is not allowed to edit this. Only their select group of individuals. So what's defining this as user-generated? That they're not paying these people. That's it.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, what do you think? Who's, who's got plenty of time? Like, I mean, so, so,
0: so I can have users, three of them, come over to the studio and I'll say, anyone is allowed to, to write on this website so long as you're a pre-approved user who's not getting paid and they can write whatever they want and I can't be sued over it. That, that's, that, that's an amazing standard. The, the main issue though is, sure, maybe someone argues, yeah, but everything on the page is a user in the back end. It says from Wikipedia. It doesn't say from user John Smith one two three. It doesn't say from Ian Crossland. It literally says James O'Keefe from Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. They are asserting they are the the people speaking these statements. Yeah. yeah. James sue him.
1: I mean, well, I we need we lie. need to we need to rewrite two thirty so that it doesn't cover this. Like I think,
0: how does it, how could it cover you saying I wrote this?
1: It shouldn't. I mean, but if just, you're saying it does. I'm I, I'm pretty sure that under current case law, it does. So right?
0: so what if, what if I said, oh won't someone rid me of? Uh, oh won't someone write me this article claiming that Ian did a backflip? It's just user generated content.
1: I mean, you know, maybe that's a little bit closer to the edge because you could be construed to be actively soliciting a defam- defamatory content. I don't know. I hope
0: no one writes but, that Ian did a backflip.
1: Still, same thing.
0: So what if I say we allow everyone to submit through the website's forms, like Wikipedia, whatever they want, and then we arbitrarily just publish some of them? Boop, boop, boop. I don't know. Good question. I, I wish I,
1: I need to be deeper on, on like current a, 230,
0: a, 230. No, no, no. 230, 230 does not draw distinctions. Doesn't it say plat- if you're a, no, it if you're a no, it
4: platform, you have specific protections. But no. if you're a publisher, no. So, uh, Those uh, words don't appear anywhere so in like, 230.
3: What the heck?
1: well public, it's, it's that you're not the speaker of the content that's what it says, right and wikipedia
4: is acting as the you can, speaker of the content it says in this
0: an, case. it's a, a, i'm paraphrasing but online digital platforms cannot be held liable for content provided by users of that platform and then it's it also adds an extra another provision saying it, you you cannot hold a website responsible for the speech of its users if they're acting in good faith to remove, lewd, lascivious, or otherwise objectionable content. It's more,
1: it's, it's a slight, slight tweak on that. It's that you can't—they're they're not liable for that removal, right? Good faith removal right, right, right. is—they're is also shielded from liability
0: for that. Um, so they're allowed to moderate. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to remove things they don't like. And they're allowed to <laughs> literally publish things. But it's, it's, it's not their opinion, so it's fine. Is it for any website— any, i's this just any, any social every, network. All of them. I don't think that this these this
1: contributors the or users it, it, protects the, it protects New York Times from their comment section. No, right? no, no, no.
0: <laughs> why, why wouldn't it protect uh, an article?
1: Uh, an article is like that's, that's actually the New York Times speaking, right? Well, what's the a,
0: difference between the New York Times publishing an article and Wikipedia saying from Wikipedia?
1: Uh, it's an employee of the New York Times who's actually writing the content. This is great.
0: This means we, I can start a newspaper and just not pay people. People would love to write for me, and then I can never be. Well, sued. I mean, you
1: can just put the pages on the website and let people write, you know, and and not. Well,
0: well, look. The goal is like with Wikipedia, they put protection on these articles, so only their select people can make changes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's an interesting argument. I wonder if that's been tried. It's it's like we're we're deep into two hundred and thirty law now, and I'm I'm not a. I am. I know a decent amount about 230, but I'm not deep enough about like the ex, you know the finer points of when something is you li- protected and when
0: it's not. All right. How about we just start a fund, raise a couple million dollars, and then just launch a volley of lawsuits based on Wikipedia claiming the articles are from Wikipedia. I mean, we just let's just write
1: some new state laws. Like Texas has got a great law that that's in the book on the books right now. It Basically, says if you wrongfully censor someone for their political beliefs, you're liable. They can walk into court, get an injunction, that's great, and get an attorney's fees.
0: But how do you how do you deal with the the defamation machine, the
1: defamation machine. I think the smear merchants. I think I think you need you just need to amend the law that basically says if you affirm if you amplify or like redirect the comments. Basically, what I think I think a world where Wikipedia was just in a web page where people could post and that's all that happened, right? I would I would be able to say okay, you're, you're you're protected from liability for what people post since you're just opening it up to the world. But the moment Wikipedia is redirecting information about Wikipedia entries to Google, okay, now you're speaking, right? You're yeah. adopting these views now um and so i don't know how to you know i I think you could probably write a law it would be tricky to do it but in general you're not
0: going to get it at the federal level
1: yeah i mean not not anytime soon so i mean maybe but and the state law can't conflict with federal law too so you can't that particular law couldn't be done at the state level right if you like if if it conflicts with existing federal law revolving around uh section 230 you know federal there's the supremacy clause right the federal government can't legislate everywhere but when it does state law can't conflict with it
0: So I guess we need, uh, we we can't wait for these laws to get passed. I mean, look, Texas might be doing that, but I mean, we can we can try suits,
1: but I, I don't think the suits will work, right? I really think this is one of those cases. Sometimes the federal government writes a law that, you know, insulates people from liability, and the only way to be able to sue them in the future is to get that law repealed.
0: All right, so someone needs to call Ron DeSantis and be like, can you guys do this, please? They're, they're doing that censorship bill. They're doing
1: it? a good censorship bill. I think the Texas one's a little better. Texas one's a little more focused on pre- protecting just average citizens. The, the Florida one was like focused on political candidates, if I remember right, correctly, right, right. and didn't provide like a broad private right of action for citizens who were censored. Um, Texas has got it nailed down. Texas is doing it exactly right. When, when can we expect that? Do you know? I think it's working its way through the... I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. I, th- I might have passed already. I don't know. They, they, I mean, I know that it was uh, governor of Texas announced his support for it, and I think it was. If
0: uh, I got to be honest, if Texas passes that law, some soon, I think we might relocate there. I think it's a strong possibility we were we would we would relocate Absolutely. there. Oh yeah, I mean that would, no would
1: be the state where you would actually have protections. Now again, there's an, there's another interesting problem which is does 230 preempt that too, because 230 says you have this liability shield for good faith removal. And Texas is saying, "No, you don't." Effectively, like private citizens can sue you if you censor their political beliefs. Now, you know maybe there's no tension there because good faith might not be political censorship. That's one avenue. Yeah. But there's also uh, Justice Thomas had that opinion a few like a week ago. I don't remember exactly what day it came out. Oh yeah. But he made an interesting argument that he says actually, if a fe- if a federal law preempts a state law that is granting people free speech rights, the federal law has a First Amendment problem. So, our, oh, 230, interesting. so 230 as applied to try and overturn a state law that protects people's right to speak online, that might, that as applied, that might be, Ooh. fall apart on a first amendment challenge. So that's, I mean, that, that hasn't been tested at all, but like literally that whole opinion was just Clarence Thomas being like, Hey, states, here's how you can like protect people if you want to
0: try. And here's some ways that this will survive legally. Oh, um. Interesting. Yeah. So I, I need to find out more about this because I gotta be honest, you know, a lot of people are moving to Texas. Uh, I've got, you know, I, I just did a quick Google search. Texas Senate committee heard legislation on Monday aiming to prohibit social media platforms from censoring users based on their viewpoints. Senate bill SB 12 filed mm-hmm. by Senator Brian Hughes of Mineola. Let's, uh, pop this open and see what we got here. Introduced Senate committee report engrossed. Uh, I don't know what any of that means. I'll have to look into this, but, uh, I gotta be honest. Like, we got a we got a big operation going on here. Here's the thing though. If Texas offers up these protections, we have no choice but to move there. You know why? My business could be shut down overnight. Yeah. These platforms could just nuke us overnight. Everybody loses their jobs. Go to Texas, we have recourse. Yeah. I would have no choice if this bill passes to do that.
1: Well, I guess I'll need to move too. I guess we'll all need to move.
0: Yeah. I think, I think most people would go to Texas. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, you know, there, there is interesting things about DC with, um, you know, political viewpoint, political party or affiliation is a protected class, but that doesn't do anything about big tech.
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, and, and this is what, you know, the funny thing is I remember two years ago, I've been advocating for exactly this type of law. I was hoping we'd get it done at the federal level, but man, if we can get it at the state level and, and, you know, we get some friendly judges who look at it the same way Thomas does, right? Federal preemption of a state-created speech right. That would be, I mean— That's it, fascinating. I mean, and because that would basically— it, Honestly, it would have to— I think, you know, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube would probably at that point stop censoring everybody because they wouldn't They wouldn't want to risk somebody being in Texas and having a cause of action.
0: But, but wouldn't— uh, So let's say you're in Texas. They pass this bill. You know, they pass this— It becomes law. The governor signs it. You get censored. And so you immediately go into a court, file the paperwork or whatever. You, what would you say? You file an injunction?
1: So you, so you file a you know, I mean you file a complaint, right? That's yeah. Any lawsuit begins with a complaint. And then you also file a motion for a preliminary injunction.
0: Which gives you your accounts back.
1: Right. Like if you win that motion, you get your account back. Um, that, then, that could
0: be really quickly, couldn't it? Could, yeah. I mean,
1: injunctions can get heard very fast. Like sometimes there's like temporary restraining orders that are right. super fast. Um, but then a preliminary injunction can happen. You know, you can get a decision on that within weeks if you want. So,
0: so, so let me ask. Let's say uh, I'm in Texas and we're doing the show. And then one, one, one day, boom, YouTube's gone. So I, I, I file a complaint and I request an emergency injunction because my business is now at risk and all of my employees could be out of work unless this is reversed. You think it's likely a judge would say, reverse this until we can hear the case?
1: Probably. Probably. They would probably issue, you know, you'd probably win your injunction given the nature of the law. And then, then right, once you win your injunction, they have to let you keep your account until, I would assume, can, right. until until it's adjudicated.
0: Now – then they say, but Section 230 grants us this immunity, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say that the—so uh, who would hear that case? Would it go to a federal court then?
1: So, I mean, they could—so it depends. I mean, if they could probably remove it to federal court, right? Like, it's a, there's enough money at issue. That, that would be what's called diversity jurisdiction. So yeah. two bases of federal court jurisdiction. This is—one one L's learned their first day of civil procedure. <laughs> okay, uh, Two bases of federal court jurisdiction. Hey, there has to be a federal question, meaning it's a federal—you're suing under a federal law. Or there's diversity jurisdiction, which means the parties are from different states and there's at least $75,000 at issue. So this would be a state law. So it wouldn't be a, probably wouldn't be a federal question, although they might make a First Amendment claim. I'm not exactly, I'd have to reread my work to think about how that would work, but it's certainly diversity. So they could remove it into federal court in Texas.
0: So let's say in the federal court, the, the, the judge hears it and says, I, uh, uh I, I understand section 230, but we have a free speech issue where the First Amendment is supposed to protect the rights of the individual, and if Texas is protecting the speech rights, the First Amendment can't supersede that. So I rule in favor of the complainant, right? Right. Let's. They sue. It goes to the Supreme Court, I'd imagine. If, if, um, if it goes, it, it could potentially. Well, there's,
1: there's, I, I'd actually have to think about whether or not they'd have the right to appeal at that point if you've had an injunction. If you have an injunction granted, I think you probably would have the right to appeal that right away.
0: So, so um, let's say YouTube then appeals.
1: You, you'd appeal that to the federal appeals court, so that would be the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, then they would, you know, have a fairly, te- you know, fairly quick hearing on the injunction. Um, and then if they lose there, they can appeal
0: to. So let let's say they agree with you, and then they then YouTube appeals again. Then mm-hmm. it goes to Supreme Court?
1: Yeah, Supreme Court. They would they would, they would would be applying for a stay of the
0: injunction. Now, here's my final question. If the uh, Supreme Court agrees with me in that case, would it impact the rest of the country?
1: Depends on how they wrote the opinion, right? So if they write it in unpublished or non-precedential, it wouldn't, but they could easily, uh, just as easily write a precedential opinion on the injunction if they wanted to, and then that would be binding law. Why yes. would
4: they do one or the
1: other? Uh, sometimes they, they, they don't like putting out precedential opinions if... It's like a very new issue. They kind of want to let lower courts handle it and like get more reasoned opinions. Also, in a rush, they don't like putting out, uh, because the part of the thing is they whenever they make a rule, it affects everyone, everything, yeah. a variety of different body of law. So oftentimes, like, when they're forced to issue a ruling or an opinion on, on kind of short notice, cause it's an injunction, they are reluctant to make it like precedential. So there, there are reasons. You know they want so whenever something's presidential, they want to be careful and give it full review. So there's some reason you know in a in a very very emergency circumstance they might issue like a non-presidential opinion.
0: It Possibly. seems it seems tough though. It seems like the likelihood throughout the text first the Texas judge probably going to side with you because the Texas law says you can't do this, but then they're going to kick it to a federal court, and then you, you have what the, the first federal judge, the appellate, and then the Supreme Court
1: yeah I mean, I mean probably wouldn't even you know the i'm not sure the state judge might grant you that immediate temporary restraining order before the case is removed to federal court Could the
0: federal judge say i don't want to hear it state state law stands uh
1: a federal judge could i mean the federal judge could maybe say there's not even a federal court. i mean it's possible there's not jurisdiction probably not the federal judge would have to rule on the injunction they could say uh for what they could they could disagree right they could say first amendment doesn't apply we're denying your injunction then you could appeal um or vice versa, they could they could go either it's interesting. way.
0: Interesting. So basically, Texas is granting you the right to this platform to speak, and the the, the federal government would have to deny you that right.
1: Right. Exactly. Which is sort wow. of, and there and there's precedent in different contexts where, not not in the tech context, but it's like in the union stuff. There's some there was some Supreme Court case where the Supreme Court said something like, if a federal law preempts a state right that grants the right to speak, that's a First Amendment issue. And there's a First <laughs> Amendment prohibition against that.
4: I wonder if if you were suing YouTube, for instance, in Texas, but if YouTube's like a Delaware corporation, then would that and you were in Texas, would that didn't automatically be across state lines and immediately become a federal uh, d- issue?
1: Depends. So this is another classic one L civil procedure issue, which yeah. is a, a corporation is located in its principal place of business and its place of incorporation for diversity purposes. So Google's a you know primary California. place of business is California, Delaware corporation. So. If you are a resident of either Delaware or California, it would diversity jurisdiction wouldn't be available. But if you were a resident of Texas, yep. it would.
0: Man, I think there's an easier solution to this. I think, Ian, you were saying in three months we can have this thing up and running? That was one person mentioned that if we had 10 dedicated full-time developers,
4: that it Yikes. could be ready in three months. <laughs> so that, that's like optimal pie in the sky, I think, three months.
0: But, yeah, something, I mean, within the year for sure, I would imagine. But what if we got like 100 you know, open source community, active communication in a Discord server. It would be good, and we're getting close to that. But there are diminishing returns when people code over each other mm. and, and forking. Yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen. So you want to You want a crack team of like experts and specialists. So what? What? What I want to do is I want to make it. Th- there's one big thing that makes YouTube dominant, and that's you make money on YouTube. There's a reason why people don't use these other platforms. People get banned from YouTube, and they they'll say, "Okay, fine. I'll now we'll go to Minds.com." but you make money on YouTube. Now Mines was smart about this and they implemented a way to make money on Mines as well and the tokens actually worth like 3 bucks now. Yeah, so yeah. so I I I have a uh, you know I all my videos automatically post on Mines and everything. But for most people they need to make money so we want to make a way that you get an open source piece of software free for everyone that makes it very easy to install a website. You buy server space, boom, you install it it's a functioning website where you can easily post things. WordPress already makes it particularly easy. So, we're also going to provide instructions and for people because there's some, you know, learning curve, but it includes subscription functionality. So that somebody can you you can easily plug in mm-hmm. if you're using PayPal, Stripe or some other, you know, e-commerce platform, then you have a members only. So you can Isn't Isn't Ghost doing something like this?
1: Because it's this sounds similar to Substack, but Ghost I think
0: Except this is going to be you on your server with your domain. However you do it, you own it, and no one can ban you but yourself. That's now, Ghost.
1: I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you guys are familiar with no.
0: Ghost. I'm going to look them up, though. Yeah. It exists?
1: Yeah, I think it might exist already. Ooh.
0: So you, like, drop drop it onto your server and boom, and then you got it. Right,
1: right. Like, I don't know if you know Balaji uh, Srinivasan. Mm-mm. He wrote about this, right? He was, like, writing about, like, how, you know, after Twitter censorship, how do you do this? And he was like there's a... Substack is still centralized, right? Substack is right. its own platform. They could ban you. But Ghost is like something you implement on your own Do you website. you know what the website is? Uh, I think... Let me see if I Because if it. I Google search
0: Ghost, I'm not going to find it. Yeah, right. I <laughs> that I'm hard. Uh, Ghost, <laughs> Substack. What? Not that hard. Well, but, 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 but listen, listen. There's one other thing. M- maybe yeah. they've added this.
1: Yeah. Uh, ghost.org if you want to find Thanks.
0: it. We, we, we want to add a networking functionality because the next big thing about YouTube is that it markets you for you. Mm-hmm. Instead of buying marketing like a traditional show... If YouTube likes you and thinks they'll make money off you, they'll start promoting your work. So what we want to add to these websites is a networking section that's that's part of the package. Now you'll have on your site the ability to remove certain people so they won't appear on your site, certain words, phrases, or things. It's your choice. But it's your website. Mm-hmm. So then if I go to if someone goes to simcast.com, then this software allows people to comment, be users. It's connected to the Fediverse. So the networking section functions like chat rooms or Twitter. But then they can also see recommended shows that are very similar based on keywords. So it'll be like Human Events and you know Carl Benjamin, Lotus Eater's Podcast. And then they'll be like, oh, cool. And they can get that recommendation feed like they would on any other platform. But it's a decentralized network of people just running these sites. I was just thinking a cool feature
4: would be if you opted in for your site to be found on other sites, then Tim could put my site on his site. And if someone found me through Tim's site, Tim would get
0: 5% of the revenue. So hmm. you would be able to opt into that. It's not Ghost. Ghost is a free trial service. Sign up. It's like you get fourteen days free trial. I'm talking about we would give you. There's like a plugin.
1: Oh, it's like free. It's just totally free. Absolutely free, free for everybody, and okay. you
0: own it. 100. It's open source code. It's just okay. free to, free to use. When you open it, boom! All of a sudden, your website has like a post section for you. You log in. You just like click a post, like you would be on Twitter or whatever. You upload a video, and then you can click a lock button and lock it and say five dollar members only. Mm-hmm and then people can click become a member. You'll need your own accounts. Maybe PayPal bans you, maybe Stripe bans you, maybe your domain bans you. Well, those are other services you can't get around, but there won't be a Patreon CEO who bans you. There won't be a Jack Conti who bans you. And then in, uh, in order to, he's CEO of Patreon, in order to then network with other people, it's in the Fediverse. And the Fediverse, for people who don't know, is basically like a Twitter protocol where different servers can communicate with each other. So you could follow someone on Gab but also see them on a different server, a different website altogether. All so then we basically create probably the way it should be. If we do that, we don't need Section 230.
1: That's true. I mean, I really would like to create a world where we just the, – that these people are irrelevant, right? Like the, I think that's the end goal. And, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm not a tech guy. I don't know tech. I know law. And so I'm just like, okay, how do I use – how do we change the law to solve the problem? That's my – you know, that's my role. I hope you guys can solve it via tech. I yeah, think you
4: can't legislate away every problem, that's for sure.
1: That's true. But I mean, you know, some people I, I, I still have a pro like, people underestimate how effective law can be solving at particular types of problems, you know. I mean we've we've got a lot of there's a lot of background for how to solve common carrier type problems and, and discrimination type problems. I mean, that's what that's the whole thing Clarence Thomas wrote about. You know, he wrote you know, went through you can make big tech a common carrier, you can make them have public accommodation laws and and then you create private rights of action, like you don't you don't need a bureaucracy to solve civil rights, like you literally can just do it through people litigating
4: very briefly. how do you feel about legislating gun rights, like saying limiting people's gun rights when there are three d printers that can print those weapons in secret
1: i mean I, I I basically think I'm a constitutionalist on that. I think you know Peller is right we shouldn't you know guns that are in common you shouldn't be regulated uh I think. You know, I mean, I'm I'm not a. I guess I wouldn't say I'm an absolutist in the sense that I think all current gun laws are unlawful or something via the Second Amendment, because I think even at the time of the founding there were some st- some restrictions out there. And I think, I mean, I remember I, there was some stuff you were saying about like, for example, I think it's okay to prohibit like violent felons from owning guns, right? Mm. Like, I, I, I'm okay with
4: that law. I disagree with it. What What gets me is when they try and say it's illegal to have this kind of gun, but then it can be 3D printed in someone's basement. Like, you can't. Yeah. You I can't think back that. Like you can't enforce that law. So when, I yeah, get, I,
1: I, it's bad to have laws that are unenforceable in general. Uh, I don't like unenforceable laws. Um, but you know, I mean, I saw you were like you you were going through the Dante Wright case and be like that person shouldn't have been arrested or whatever for the gun. Charge.
3: Well,
0: but there was also the aggravated robbery, which is a different story.
1: Right. Well, I mean, but yeah, like my view is okay. So the guy gets out. You know, he's he's arrested for aggravated robbery and indicted and the trial dates in two years. Well, we want to give him bail. Okay, but he's been indicted for aggravated robbery. Like, I think it's a reasonable condition of bail that you not possess a firearm at that point.
0: Yeah, I agree. Right, right, like, right. Uh, my, my my position is after they get out of prison, and we're like, you've paid your debt to society. They get their rights back.
1: I, I think that's, I, I, I think that's more defensible. But I still I'm still okay with laws that say like certain you know violent felonies. If you committed a violent felony, you you you, you forfeit that right in the same way that you forfeit a voting right.
0: I think you should have the right to vote. Nah. Like if you're in prison, maybe not. Uh, if you 're in prison, you obviously don 't get a gun, but if you 're out like it, I, I, I just don't like the idea of second class citizens for any reason i agree mm, y- no. y- you, you, people have to be uh, brought back in, and we have to give people the opportunity because when w- the problem with these felony laws mm-hmm. i 'll tell you a story i I, I worked at this uh, uh, I worked at a smoothie shop once, and this this woman who worked there apparently was like telling uh, so i I overheard this so I could be wrong it 's been like fifteen years. A woman applied for a job, and on the application, she said that she was a felon. And her, her felony, as she explained it, was that she was arrested for sleeping in an airport. She was there. She overstayed her ticket, and she remained in the airport, so they eventually arrested her with a felony for being in an airport without a ticket, something like that. And then they gloated about how they would not hire her, and they were like, as if we would hire that person. And I'm like, she's trying to work a minimum wage job selling smoothies, dude.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's a different, actually a different issue where I'm like totally okay with certain government programs to like subsidize the hiring of people. It's, it's,
0: it's it's not, it's it's not necessarily what I, what I, you know, just what I mean. I'm just saying, if someone knows no matter what I do, I am going to be a second class citizen, why would, would, yeah, why would they bother reforming themselves or trying to come back into society and, and doing better? They can't travel, they can't, you know, have a weapon, they can't defend themselves, they can't vote, they're not, they're not, no taxation without representation. I don't care if you if you if you're if you're out of jail if the, if the judge says your punishment for doing this will be 10 years. Then after the 10 years then we're like, "Welcome back. Now don't do it again and you'll enjoy the fruits of American citizenship." But I if mean, you're
2: a second-class citizen, you're much more likely in my opinion to do it again. I agree. So then you have more people in jail.
0: Because you view yourself as an outsider at that point.
2: You're well, like, "I'm you not I'm not a
0: part of your system. I'll do what I want."
2: And if you can't get a job, then it's, you
1: know... I mean, that seems... I mean, I, I would focus on the job part. I just don't think you're entitled to vote at that point. Okay. Shall I, mean, not, I, I don't shall, think that... I mean, I'm also more of a utilitarian when it comes
4: to voting. I don't, like, you know...
0: Then I'll say this. Shall not be infringed. Yeah, but shall not kill. Should oh, 13-year-olds, yeah, 13-year-olds be, allowed to, uh, be allowed to buy guns? No. Shall not be infringed. <clears throat> in, 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 this, in 1789, were there 15-year-olds who owned their own property and were... You know, running. I mean, running I'm a, I'm,
1: like there are still those possession laws, right? For example, Rittenhouse. I mean, he like I'm pretty sure I know they're trying to prosecute him for unlawful possession of that firearm. But my reading of the law says it was lawful.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I've, I've heard some other experts talk about this. Now, let me clarify, too. I'm actually just giving a very harsh interpretation of 2 a I don't think 13 year olds should be allowed to buy guns or have guns. I think there should be um, it, it is difficult, though. And the reason I say this is back then, you know, way back when. The, the age limits were much lower for a lot of things. We've moved them up repeatedly. 18. It was, it was, so we set it at 16. Then it's 18. Now it's 21. They're trying to make it 21 in some places. Eventually, it'll be 30. Eventually, it'll be 35. So the well, cha- I mean,
1: I non-ironically think we should raise the voting age to 30.
0: Is there a constitutional amendment that says the right to voting shall not be infringed for any persons in the United States?
1: I don't think so. There's a, there was, a, there was a, a late constitutional amendment that reduced the, I think, the voting age to eighteen for everybody.
4: Mm.
0: There, there um, are, I think, three am, three amendments. It's voting age, uh, women, and um, on, on race, I believe.
1: Yeah. So, I we just need to revise that one that's made at eighteen. Just go head We're, it back we're, we're not going
0: to get that 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 uh, constitutional amendment anytime oh, man, soon. Yeah, I, I, I was so excited. <laughs> um, anyway, let's read super chats, All right. my friends. It's time. Thanks for hanging out on this Friday night. I know many of you probably want to be out, you know, drinking and partying, clubbing, but you're here listening to the uh very important conversations over at Timcast IRL. So I greatly appreciate it. If you haven't already, smash that like button and comment because it really does help. You're 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 basically, you know, the engagement is a great thing and we appreciate it. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a good review, give us five stars. Go to Timcast.com, become a member, and uh excuse me, we're gonna have a bunch of really awesome uh content coming up in the future. New shows. We're in the process of reviewing new hires. So we've got. Uh, I shouted this out yesterday. A, a paranormal and mysteries writer, which will be a part of the podcast show, and a news editor and a fact checker. We're going to have a, a, an in-house fact checker who will be despised by everybody because he, <laughs> they're not. They're not going to hang out. They're going to be isolated. They're going to be like internal affairs a pariah. Yeah. But uh, we're, we're 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 in the process of, of, of going through these new hires. It's not so easy to just like grab a random person and be like, you're hired. We got to check for skill, do interviews, make sure people are cool and you know able to do the job. So yeah, go to timcast.com. Let's read some super chats and smash that like button if you haven't. Christian uh, Gochian says, "I work at a small business and I just found out that one of my coworkers watches your content as much as I do. So I'm finally able to talk politics with someone who respects free thought." Awesome. Hey, glad to hear it. Good stuff. John Lee says, "Hey Tim, when is the chicken stream starting? And is it 24 hours? Yes, and soon." You see the chickens we have outside? No, they're I do getting not. so
3: big, so fast. Growing, Growing fast. Yeah. Spring chickens.
0: Okay we had eight unfortunately two didn't make it they were uh they succumbed to the worm
1: i was i was listening to some podcast by ryan holiday and he was talking about if you own a farm you get much more familiar with death broadly because like you own chickens and they die
0: they had parasites and we immediately uh went to a vet was provided with medicine and the medicine wasn't enough Mm -hmm. it's just too late you know we we called the, the the chicken farmer guy who we bought it from and he's like look sometimes there's there's weak chickens they don't make it and you, you it's you try everything and and so we were sad you know two of them didn't make it but these these ones we have that are six, six are, are awesome one of them almost died so they so they oh, were right. getting sick and um when we, we we try we started giving medicine two didn't make it so we immediately one of them that looked like it may be a little sick we immediately just started giving it the medicine and it's smaller than the rest because i think it would have died if we did not give it that medicine but uh we're going to be setting up a series of cameras it's going to be twenty four seven live <laughs> chicken camp. Tim Pool's chickens. That's right, absolutely. It's called the Chicken City.
4: Well, according to this uh, article, about from PETA, chickens are arguably the most abused
0: animals on the planet. Not so, ours, Aww. not yours. Ours no are way. the most
4: pampered? I'm glad you're taking care of these. People.
0: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have these them lovely ladies. They're we're so we're cute. we're gonna get the eggs from them. It's gonna be fantastic. I we're really gonna have like camera a, a camera on the on the the Chicken City twenty four seven, and they're hilarious little things. Uh, they're smart enough to know not to drink their water, water that's full of feces, but they're not smart enough to not take a dump <laughs> in their water. So it's like, yeah, so, so Andy, who, who does the, the construction stuff around here, he was like, they're right in that sweet spot where, they won't drink the water with the crap in it, but they're not smart enough to not crap in their water, so it creates problems. So do you great. build like a, a drinking thing, like at neck level? A
4: little for higher,
3: them? yeah, maybe.
0: Well, what we're gonna do is we're gonna create. Uh, we, we have an. I- we have some ideas for a water system that will automatically funnel, like flush it, through. Yeah, it'll be at an angle. Oh yeah. So if they dump in it, it'll it'll float down, and the and the water coming at the top will always be cleaner. Oh. oh. But you gotta just change their water and give them food, Mm. and and you know, for the most part, they take care of themselves. They walk around eating bugs and they eat grass a lot, and they destroy everything (laughs) around them. Yes, they
3: do. (laughs) It's
0: gonna be great. But we also we also have the chicken city connected to our garden. Cool. So what you do is in the springtime you let them into the garden and they till they till the ground for you. They Mm -hmm. scratch it looking for bugs and then you get all this loose dirt and then you go and you plant your your, new plants. All right, let's see what what we got uh, in some chats. Gouda says when Doge crashes and lots of people loose their money, crypto will be heavily regulated. It will hurt the industry. Mm. Um, I don't think so. There's a there's a funny comic. It's a uh, cyanide and happiness, and it was it was an uh, aged like milk on Reddit. And it was someone getting. It's like a guy's robbing someone. He's like, "Hey, you, give me all your money." And the next panel, next panel is, is he goes, "I don't have any. I only use Bitcoin." And then the <laughs> robber goes, "You need this more than I do," and handed a bunch of money to him because <laughs> in 2014, Bitcoin went like 20, 20 grand, and then dropped yeah, down tanked, to like yeah. some really no, people lost their houses. Mm-hmm. People big. were were taking out like loans to buy Bitcoin, and then
3: like yikes, that's just a bad idea. And here's the best yeah.
0: part: the people who panicked and sold are probably crying right now. You could have held it. And it's you- at sixty three thousand dollars. I mean, the smart investors knew. I know it dropped. I'm going to hold it until it's back.
2: The worst is that people. I don't know anything about Bitcoin or cryptocurrency, but there's apparently like the keys where you can get into your money, but there's people who lost them and there's no way to get them back. Yeah. And so I was reading this article and it's it's guys in there who have this one guy was like, yeah, I have two million dollars in Bitcoin. Just a normal guy. He's like I can never get it. It's like a special kind of (laughs) you get like 10 tries and then it self. Destructs Ooh. and he was on like try number eight yeah oh, no. and had no idea like that sucks
0: oh, and then gosh. the entropy makes the value of the like it, it, those coins are basically out of circulation they're going to be used so there's
4: less Bitcoin than it looks like so which means they're actually more valuable than the numbers
0: say interesting yep. it affects metro. trade value mm. alright Powder PC says Tim just want to let you know that Scar- the Scarlet Witch is a bad guy she's going to be the villain in the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is oh. that confirmed because that sounds really awesome yeah, yeah. It's build up. There, there, there was a post by Bruce Campbell where it was uh, on April first, so nobody thinks it's real. Probably an April Fool's joke. Where it's a script from Doctor Strange, where Doctor Strange goes to Evil Dead mm-hmm. and he sees uh, Ash, who's got you know the chainsaw arm or whatever. And then he's like, "I'm looking for the Darkhold." And then he's like, "What's that?" He's like, "It's a book." And he goes, "Does have a face on it?" And then Doctor Strange is like, "What?" Because <laughs> you know you've seen Evil Dead, right? The Necronomicon's got a face on it, or whatever, something like that. I don't know. Whatever. If they start, I, I have sitting, no
1: idea what you're talking yeah, about at all. If they
0: yeah. start crossing, <laughs> you are not a man of culture, Will.
4: If, if they start crossing <laughs> you Doctor look so Strange, offended.
3: I'm sorry, <laughs> very offended. I appreciate. This I think look. the best <laughs> thing Disney
4: could do is start crossing Doctor Strange to every Disney story that they mm. can. I don't know if they own Dark Tower or not, but Benedict Cumberbatch is such a good actor, po- possibly one of the best actors on earth. Maybe He's good, what. Yeah. I think he's top top three actor in my opinion that, that that he could cross over into any genre and it would be the doctor Strange character he's
0: amazing as Dr Strange he's yeah, fantastic it's 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 brilliant I thought he was awful as Julian Assange it was the weirdest wow. trash oh, I'd I I ever see seen that. yeah I was just like what? Th- it's this a big role very weird and like so I'm, I've met Assange and I'm like I don't I don't know I don't think it's Cumberbatch's fault Wrongly the,
3: cast. First thing
0: I no, saw no, no. The, the writing out. of like what they view oh, okay. Assange to be just seems like makes no sense. Did you see uh, Star Trek when he played Khan? I liked it. Yeah, he that was, was incredible. I didn't know who he was when I saw that. I just was like. God, but people awesome. were mad because it was a uh, who was it Ricardo Montalban? Is that his name? Montaban, Montabon, Montabon or something? I
2: don't know. He
0: played Khan in the original movie. Oh, okay. So then they like you know now they have this tall white dude. Everyone got mad. Well, all, he the, all, like all, all, this all the people the that time.
4: Con. he was very intense was
0: like, oh my <laughs> all right wayne smith says quote the fbi has made an average of more than four arrests a day seven days a week since january 6 says acting deputy attorney general john carlin they can do it for the Capitol, but can't do it for looters and rioters." Yep. that's right
1: yeah well we're you mean embrace the fact that you're second class citizens already you know
3: Jeez, yeah kind of
0: <laughs> yep all right voltage uh, Voltage Volt says, "Hello everyone of the Beanie Compound. I finally subscribed to the website right before Ooh. the show started. Been watching for about two years now. Haven't missed a show. Love you guys.
3: Awesome, nice. You too, man. We,
0: we have a massive library of content. So if you go to timcast.com, we have this new streamlined members area. When you click it, you actually can see. Just scroll down very easily. All of these different subjects that you can you can watch. Some of these are like an hour long. We've got we've got one with um James O'Keefe. It's an hour." where it's like, a, it's like a full podcast episode. So that's just part of the members-only stuff. So go go become members. Check that out. All right. Turk Longwell says, Tim, I mentioned in a lefty chauvin YouTube live stream about giving 16-year-old guns with their driver's licenses. They hated the idea and called me sick. 2A, right? You know what's interesting? Hardcore leftists are very pro-2A. And yes. uh, I think it was Vosh who was tweeting that in the event things fall apart, it stands to reason you don't only want the right-wing militias to be armed. Yep. So you probably, leftists should probably want to have guns. Like, it's a really good point. Yep. Well, like, I mean, that's, that's Weather Underground, too. Like, again, I've
1: read this I read this whole book about uh, Days of Rage, which I can recommend by uh, uh, Bill Burroughs, I think. And, and something that, you know, Bill Ayers, like, was famous for being in front of, like, a Weather Underground conference. And he's like, do you guys own a gun? Do you not understand what's coming? Like, the whole idea is they're revolutionary communists. Right, they thought right. they wanted to do Cuba here. And so they're like, of course we want guns. Like, yeah, that's important
0: the problem is they're allied with the establishment left and the establishment left thinks guns are like nuclear bombs it's the craziest thing you know i really i genuinely believe if you've got somebody who's like i'm a gun owner and guns should be banned that's a grifter that's absolutely a grifter because if they've actually held a weapon and they know anything about it they know the democrats are wrong or lying and they have no idea what they're talking about when someone says You know, I, I was in the, I was in the Marines and I had a gun and we shouldn't give weapons of war to people. It's like, okay, I know you're grifting because that means you know an AR-15 is not an M16. You have no idea what you're talking about. Those
1: people are almost always like some back office types and you know, they were like Jags or something, you know.
0: And so then you have the rest of these people. I'm confident they've never held a weapon in their life. Just not, not even, I I wonder if they've even held like a a super soaker. It's
1: not part of the culture. Like it's just, there's a big cultural difference. I mean, and, I think that's something that liberals really struggle with. The idea that it's completely alien to them that guns would be something like you, you go with your kids, you hunt, you target shoot. It's like part of
0: the way, the way I described it is when I cross a busy street, I'm not worried about getting hit by a car. You know, there's cars driving all crazy and you're walking and there's a stop sign. You really think that that sign, which is just a representation of an idea will stop someone from slamming into in that car. Yes. Because people don't want to kill you. So when I see someone walk around with a gun, I'm not worried about them trying to kill me. Yeah, but you've got to look both ways because those stop signs sure. won't stop a car. That's right. So when you're walking near people you don't know or trust, you have to be aware of your surroundings at all times. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a car or a guy with a gun. And if you're going to use a gun, you or better know. Or a lady know, with a gun. You better know you. how to use it. And yes. you better be trained be with that responsible. thing. All right. David Norman says, blocking traffic during a protest is a violation of the non-aggression principle. Interesting.
3: True.
1: Agreed. The Libertarians found something they're right about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, congratulations. Ooh, burn. <laughs> uh, but they are quite correct, and uh, that's why they should go to
0: jail for doing that. All right. VBDC says, Bill Ayers also wrote Rules for Radicals. What, well, that was Solinsky, wasn't it? That w- I'm pretty sure that was Alinsky.
1: I yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, Ayers wrote some things, but I don't – he didn't write Rules for Radicals. Yeah. He might have written some, like uh, – it's possible he wrote something for Radicals, but – yeah. Um, that's not, that was Alinsky, which I think most people should read. Um, I think, you know, Alinsky dedicated it to Satan, I think, is the first radical. And I just see that as, maybe I'm my Harry Potter, I'm a little rusty, but it's like a horcrux. It's something designed to prevent, it's something designed to prevent, like, conservatives from reading it. Like, they see them like, oh, horcrux.
0: Horcrux preserves the soul of the person so they can't die.
1: Okay. Well, then I I have no idea what I'm talking about. All Um, right.
0: But, yeah. Interesting. It It,
3: repels them, yeah. yeah.
0: Imran says, Tim, stop spreading disinformation. Firearms Policy Coalition is going after NYC and Chicago's de facto gun bans. Oh. They're already going to court for NYC, and they're building their Chicago case. Well, there you go. Very neat. Glad someone is doing it. Ted 2 says, Tim, check out the channel Ranger Up Video. They make a weekly news segment that's legit, and more people should see it. Veteran company that started out making T-shirts... You should have Nick and Matt on the show. Would be great conversation. I will will, Yeah, we'll look into their channel. All right, let's see. We will find some... uh, Stephen A says, I made a bunch on the Holy Doge. So here's a tie to the High Priest of the Beanie. I love my Gorilla shirt. It's super soft.
3: Awesome.
0: (laughs) Legit, yeah. Teespring has really great uh, shirt quality.
3: Yeah, I noticed it was soft. I love yeah, that. Hey, I was
0: impressed. Remember, if you're making money on Doge, that
4: you need to you need to declare all that stuff as uh, capital gains. Oh, yeah, for tax purposes. Well, if wait, you sell it, if you sell it, right? Yeah,
0: if you receive Doge from someone, you've already gained. So that's where it gets interesting. I wonder how that would work. Like, let's say, let's say, you know, you give me a Doge, right? Mm-hmm. And it's worth five cents. At the end of the year, it's now worth fifty cents. Do I owe on fifty cents or five cents? Huh.
1: You, I mean, you owe on five cents. It's the value of. I mean, I'm pretty sure value you can when you were shooting. value of the gift when it was given. Ah, uh, okay, right. Like, but then if you sell it, your value. You have to pay taxes on the gain. Uh,
0: Rad number two says, "I don't care how peaceful you are blocking traffic. You're still halting everyone's right to travel without being unreasonably stopped." That's a civil rights violation, so a felony charge is perfectly suited to that.
1: I just love how the commenters are totally supporting my side oh, of this of debate. This ah. is
4: fantastic.
3: <laughs> See, we we, we it's a war.
0: We're, yeah. we're we're open to differences of opinion. Yeah. I
3: got mixed feelings
4: because I, I agree with you, but I also acknowledge the United States is an act of civil disobedience. Mm. Right. You know, this is sort of the dilemma. I mean, this is the Hamilton dilemma, right? Hamilton really
1: quickly realized, like, hey, you know, we can't just be revolting all the time. People actually do need to respect lawful
0: authority. And, you know, that's,
3: I mean, As part of... It's not now terrible. that
0: we've removed the king, everybody must stop revolting because <laughs> I'm in charge now yeah. and must respect me. No, he's not
3: a tyrant.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, he you know, he was, oh, the, oh, he yeah. was second in command. Yeah. You know, he was a... Hamilton basically built the federal government. Like, we, yeah. we sort yeah. of oh, underestimate yeah. that, but like primary author of the Constitution, responsible for many of the early departments and, and a brilliant. lot... Of brilliant, like, the plan for manufacturers and economics. I mean, brilliant guy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was you know, he was sort of a half monarchist in his own way. And anyway, so I, I'm, I'm a big believer in law and order. So yes, we are founded on revolution. That's great. Like we don't want to have revolutions every week.
0: Right. Um, Stephen Sherman with a massive super tip woo! says you are a Republican. You just know, don't know how our freedom works together. Now do you mean like little R Republican as in like the republic or the political party because I'm not a fan of the Republican party. Yeah, not
1: either. Well, it's, it, I remember still I I always chuckle because I remember we had like a conversation before we did one of our shows like a YouTube show a couple of years ago. We had a conversation where you're like, "Will, you know, it seems like we agree on everything and yet you're a Trump guy." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you you became a Trump guy. So Yeah, just, but the the,
0: out the, of the the issue was Trump released a comprehensive list of things he was he was going for. Yeah, and I was like, eh, I can get behind that.
1: That's good. I mean, that's all true. I don't know. Like, I was always, you know, I've, I've, my view of, you know, I, I can be annoyed at the Republican Party, but at the end of the day, like, I, I don't, I don't think it's responsible to let Democrats have power if it can be avoided.
0: That's true. I get that, but I think my, my bigger point was that. On the issues that are relevant today in politics, we mostly agree. That's true. But But even though there's probably a wide range of of things we completely disagree on, like we disagreed today on, you know, the protest stuff. That's true on the protest stuff. Like I I have a fairly lefty view on the protest stuff. That's true. And it's interesting how when you're honest and you understand the truth, and you're like, we actually know when the news is lying. So there's no issue when we're like, oh, I disagree. Oh, okay. The issue yeah. is when the left believes things that aren't true, and you confront them with the truth, and they lose their minds because of it, or they don't want you to say things that can conf- conflict their worldview,
1: or they're just bigoted. I mean, that, that's yeah. a big problem that I see. I mean, just people losing friendships, people disowning their family. I mean, that's yeah. that's cult stuff. You know, it's we were watching a lot of the Scientology in the aftermath, um, the Leah Remini show, and and you know, Scientology has gets all this flack for disconnection, um, which is the policy. But like, somebody leaves the church, their whole family needs to disconnect yep. from them. And I'm like, this is what woke liberals do. Like, woke liberals watch the show and like, oh, that's crazy. I would never do that. Also, like, I disown my racist uncle for being a racist.
0: This is the the problem. There are a lot of people who are like, I'm a big fan of the show. And I'm like, prominent people. I was like, why don't you come on? Well, I mean, look, I work with a lot of people. And I'm like, dude, do you really want to live that way? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm not entirely sure how you really could be a fan of the show. If you're also unwilling to actually just stand up for yourself and say, I just happen to like the show. There's nothing more
1: freeing than being in this space, honestly. Like, at least, you know, I have to worry about Twitter. I have to worry about somebody else. But at the end of the day, like, I don't worry. I don't have to worry that I'm going to say something that leads to me being fired. And I don't have to worry about saying something that, you know, I, I just can say what I think.
0: The thing is, for most conservatives that come on this show, this show is leftward for them. No conservative is going to be like, Will, why are you talking to Tim Poole? Don't you know he was yelling about taxing the rich? What are you doing, man? You're, you're, no conservative will do that. Conservatives will come here and be like, I think you're wrong. And I'll be like, I think you're wrong. I'll be like, well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if we go, if, if, you know, if we cross that line to the tribal left, or I should say, I'm sorry, if the tribal left crosses the line in this direction to rightward, then they get harassed and berated and attacked. And they're yeah. scared. Well,
1: I they, mean, the they, funny they, thing is, they probably. T- oh, sorry, I'll let you go. Just one last point. They would probably say, like, "How dare you give Tim Pool a platform?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is like the right, most hilarious right. yeah. thing. Yeah, anyway, yeah so. well,
2: because for them, they say things like, "Oh, speeches this speech is violence." Exactly. It it yeah. is literally not. Vi- like that is quite literally untrue. Yes. But like quotes and sayings like that, when you actually believe stuff like that, then it does become. Unacceptable behavior to go on Tim Pool show. Right.
0: There, there is one way that speech can be
3: violence.
2: If it's really loud, If it's loud really, loud really, and li-
3: really yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. If you scream and screaming.
1: I hate loud bars. Like, does <laughs> anybody else hate it's loud violence. bars? Like, yes. Silence. Silence. <laughs> I hate loud bars. No, but
0: if you like got called someone and screamed the Second Amendment over and over again <laughs> into their ears, as loud as possible. We're
3: not the ones screaming. Okay, your speech
0: is hurting somebody. Literal violence. Literal. Yeah. All right, That's Corey. The exception. Corey Hill. Ooh, this is important. Says, Tim, we have been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Oh, <laughs>
3: have, have you guys been
0: getting those calls? You should answer that. Yes. yes. Why?
4: I was just kidding.
3: No.
0: When they call me, I go, which one? I have I'm been getting those. I've been getting some call. I, I usually delete it after the first
4: yep. three Scam seconds. Likely. Yep. Up, Scam likely. Yeah. Scam mm-hmm. likely.
0: Ruslan says, hey, Tim, Ian, SB519 in California is going to legalize DMT. This is weird because I am on the fence with wow. this bill. Wow. That's so weird that California's like, we will lock you up for the stupidest things, but you can smoke drugs. Oh. SB 519. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Controlled substance decriminalization. So it's not legalizing it, but it looks like it's decriminalizing it.
0: Right, right, right. Which means you can have it and you won't go to jail. So we're going to learn, like, tomorrow Joe Rogan announces he's moving back to California. So it'll be like a (laughs) something. California is just just
1: going straight to Mad Max, right? Like, just endless homeless encampments. They're not going to do a thing about them,
4: and then you can do whatever drugs you
1: want.
3: Yeah, sounds great. It,
4: It is. Psychedelics are way different than amphetamines, though, so... Yeah, I'm kind of down it's with true. that. At least I'm, with the medical. I, I don't have a strong view on whether DMV DMT should be. Have you ever smoked it? Nope, it's amazing. Mm. I've only smoked a little bit, mm-hmm. but apparently, when you talk to people that go deep,
3: <laughs> it's the one spiritual. Yeah,
4: ayahuasca. Oh, is DMT ayahuasca is it's, it the same thing? It, Ayahuasca causes your body to produce large amounts of DMT. Oh, uh-huh.
0: so, that's where that so that's experience comes from. Okay. That. Interesting. VBDC says, by the way, Kalen from, from Scriber was on your show. Yes. Lydia said, we because know him. He's one of our friends. That's we why we him. wanted to talk about him getting brutally beaten yes. because that was the context of the segment. Here's a guy who's willing to go on the ground and actually risk his safety to get his information versus CNN who surround themselves with security guards while complaining about guns and lying to people. So it's like inverted. Yes. You, Sorry. Oh, th-
4: having him on with a bruised, beat up face. I, mean, I don't want to objectify you, Kalen. I'm not doing that. But I mean, having, having someone on that has experienced physical trauma, like, so you can see the
0: effects would have like a uh, more of an impact. Wow, YouTube of... might, might take that down. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Oh, yeah. yeah, YouTube says you can't show like violence. What's it called? Yeah. But I, I think they wouldn't take that one down. Real hurt. It, actually, this is really interesting. YouTube just relaxed their rules. Hmm. There was a big announcement that as of the 15th, you're allowed to have some swearing moderate profanity uh at a certain point to the other it's weird but you're actually allowed now to show violent interactions with police officers oh wow like straight up you can show it and you can monetize it now that hmm. to me was crazy i was like but so you know they're letting he, that cuss again <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, they no, love no, no, the show no no, <laughs> no but, but listen listen the issue i think was that a lot of leftist activists were getting demonetized mm-hmm. for showing
3: dante or dante right.
0: Wright yeah. or, or or adam toledo and so YouTube was like, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. You can do these now. Hmm. Cool. Interesting. Yep. Fine Castle I.E. says, Congrats on the one million, Tim, and cast. Since our pillow was a success, would you ever sell a t shirt called Our Gorilla? With the gorilla <laughs> wearing a beanie holding a hammer and sickle? Maybe.
2: <laughs> we're trying break.
0: to we're trying to figure out I am a chimpanzee full of snakes. Yes. But I think that's a Jordan Peterson Well, hold on. Seamus of Freedom Tunes <laughs> made a joke about it. Jordan Peterson apparently said something to this effect where uh, I, I guess Seamus pointed out that in lecture, Peterson said, like, what are you even anyway? You're a chimpanzee full of snakes or some approximation of that. Yep. So then he did that. The, the, Jordan Peterson is the Red Skull joke where mm-hmm. the Avengers are watching Red Skull lecture and he says, what are you? You're a chimpanzee full of snakes. And so then we said <laughs> on the show, everyone laughed and they were like, make a T-shirt. But maybe Seamus should make the T-shirt because oh, it's, that'd be it's that'd his be joke. Perfect. Yeah. You know. That'd be fun. I'd hawk his merch. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's probably a shirt he should he should be selling. Chimpanzee full of snakes.
3: What's <laughs> bizarre? Look,
0: man, I think Jordan Peterson's great, but a lot of people who are passive viewers of him don't realize he says a lot of things that you would absolutely be b- be baffled by unless without you context. yeah without the yeah, full yeah. <laughs> context of his lectures, like the the snakes and the I just Sheamus really me. really gets it.
3: Yeah, I heard yeah. it. It never struck me.
0: All right. Brown Bear says, if I'm stuck in traffic because of a bunch of protesters decided to protest in the middle of the street, I immediately hope whatever their cause is fails, no matter what it is. I agree with that.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's selfish. I mean, it's fundamentally a very selfish way to protest. It's just indifferent to other people, inflicting pain on third parties who have nothing to do with your protest.
3: PR, suicide.
0: Yeah. Jail. All right. Christopher Cavey says, Tim, are the chickens getting a YouTube channel? We did mention this. The answer is yes. It is going to be called the chicken city or something to that effect. We don't know the full name. So, um, but, uh, we have the, the four, we, we, we double fortified the chicken city. So we used to just have one layer of like chicken wire and then we, mm. we doubled over it with, uh, We're with a stronger, uh, metal and we want to make sure. So we added another latch too. Cause we had someone try, something try to break in. Mm-hmm. I think it was like maybe a raccoon. Oh, snap. So we set a trap and you know, We'll have to put some lights up, motion sensor lights to scare it off.
4: There are those. doesn't work. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't no, work.
3: No, it doesn't help. Yeah. Bold.
4: 24-7 live stream. There
3: you go. I like yep.
4: this.
0: Yeah, just running permanently. <laughs> I'm
1: looking through my mentions, and I tweeted about the video, and, and somebody said to tell Tim to fire Ian. Hashtag fire Ian.
3: No. <laughs> not happening. No, they're <laughs>
1: saying Ian's fire.
0: That's
3: right. There you go. <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Let's there. see what we got here. We
0: fire, got Ian. <laughs> Nick Nast says, hey, all. I was listening a few days ago and heard Ian mention he was looking for a PHP developer for the open source project. I emailed info and jobs at Timcast but got no reply. Should I contact Ian directly? If so, what's a good contact email? Um you message me on Twitter.
3: That seems to work,
0: out. Do I follow you Ian on Twitter? I should. I don't know. Yeah,
3: you sure should. Definitely. Uplifting.
0: Air traffic controller yes, says the Texas House passed a law making open carry legal even without a permit, yes. come on down to Texas.
3: That's a pretty good reason. I, I like
1: follow that. you, Ian, but you don't follow oh, me. About. Too, Will.
3: How rude! I know. <laughs> <How about> you? <laughs> you too. You too, right. too.
0: <laughs> all
4: right. Let's see. You we'll, got we got me alive.
0: <laughs> Chris Rose, 1986, says we need to change the 13th Amendment. There should be no slavery at all. All felons that have done their time should have all their rights back. The pink gorilla T-shirt is great. Oh, okay. Well, don't don't
1: tell that to Joe Biden, who said that no amendment is absolute. Yeah, you, yeah right. <laughs> Like, Mm. you know, all those exceptions to the 13th Amendment that need to be made.
0: All right. White Metal Baby says, Tim, it's time. Announce your intention to form a new independent media center dedicated to true and valuable context opinion dibs on first name chicken media or is Ooh, that I is that a like rooster that. or a turkey i can't tell
3: it's a chicken oh it's a rooster oh oh rooster media. rooster media huh? i like it well now you
1: can't use the name because it was his idea which means he'll come and sue you for That's copyright right. oh.
0: <laughs> <Darn> it, <man. laughs> good idea though i like it all right waffle sensei says will is correct about not voting while having a felony the felony will come off your record eventually and if we expect immigrants to follow the law to get in we should expect citizens to follow higher classified laws to vote on those laws when you're kind of wait, 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 is there a period after you, you leave prison as a felon you get your voting rights back? Um, I mean, I think if your felony is expunged. Yeah, but how do? You, but not a, that's that's like most Some felonies
1: get don't get expunged. Mm-hmm. I assume most don't. I, I don't know. I don't know the details of that, but uh, that's not. You know, I don't. I don't rely on his rationale for saying why uh, felons shouldn't have voting rights.
0: Hey, look at this. Sterling Morris says, "Tim, look up chicken nipple waterer. No joke. They are top down waterers. They oh. can't crap in."
3: Oh, okay. I will.
0: I will. I will get that. I will look that up right after the show, and we will. We will they get have that. good
3: waters. They understand chickens.
0: Robo Cheez-It says, "I will watch this later, but I love the show, so thank you." But Tim, I'm curious. Would you go around? Uh, go around your of video calls if you could have Edward? Oh, okay. Oh, you're, yeah, your
3: rule.
0: Would I have video calls if I could have Edward Snowden on? No, I wouldn't. But Robo Cheez-It, your name is sweet.
3: I love it. No exceptions.
0: Demaco says, Tim, when are you back? When are you going back on Joe Rogan? Probably never. Um, simply because I am dedicated to making this project work. Timcast.com is growing. We've got a ton of work we have to do, and I have no time for, for, for anything. Uh, so, Rogan's podcast is fantastic. Rogan's an awesome dude. A big, 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 big fan. But I get a lot of requests. There are some shows that I've done where it's like I can turn the camera on when I'm already here and just talk for like 10 minutes. Hiring people is hard work. We have so many resumes and there's a lot of people who email us who have no experience and are like, you know, I work in a warehouse, but I can totally do, do this, I swear. And it's like, look, man, uh, I'm glad you guys are interested. I'm glad you're fans, but it's really difficult to quality control everything. And we, we literally can't hire someone who doesn't know how to do a job to do a job. It's It's hard enough because we're not Joe Rogan level. We don't have that kind of money. So we're trying to get top level people at premium rates essentially and it's very difficult if we want to make this work we're going to need some talented free-thinking individuals who are the best of the best at what they do or to the best of our ability the best based on how much we can afford to spend so it's it's tough it's not it's not it's not easy
4: i should say i'm not specifically looking to hire a php developer i want to get in touch with people that are doing that and then bring you into our uh element chat our fediverse chat and we'll go from there. Uh, yeah,
0: the, and the open source project too is, is external. It's not, uh, gonna, it's not gonna be owned. I mean, I, I don't want it to be owned by anybody. Right. We might do a foundation that collects donations that can help fund the project. Yes. Which the foundation would be owned probably by Tim Cast or something. But the product, the things that are made would be free for public use. We'd probably just keep making tools that are free. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine why would we stop there mm-hmm. if we could do it. All right. Danine S says, Tim, the YouTube channel Nando versus V Movies has a series called mm-hmm. One Small Change. You should check out the episode he did for Wanda's last episode. In my honest opinion, it would have been way better to convey the message they were trying to make. You know what I want to do? I want to do like short sketches of changing movies and it's like just ending movies very easily by getting rid of the <laughs> Deus Ex Machina or the idiot plots.
1: God, Game of Thrones did that. The Deus Ex Machina in Game of Thrones was just so awful. Yeah. I we just, like we I flew from watching.
0: the south to north in a few hours. Here we are. God, destroy that series. <laughs> I, I love it. I love how they're, like, trapped, surrounded by the White Walkers in the ice beyond the wall. And then, you know, Khaleesi flies in the dragon in a matter of, what, an hour?
1: Like, you just knew that the the writers were trying to reverse engineer a way to give the White Walkers a dragon. Like, that was the problem they were trying to solve. And they're like, well, we can have all the main characters do something obviously and horribly stupid (laughs) <laughs> like walk, all, go all the way north to get a live White Walker for some reason to prove that the White Walkers are still here.
4: Yeah. I could rip on that show for hours. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Isn't it amazing how it was like the best show ever until the last two seasons? Yeah. The first season was so good, and Sean Bean, hands down, probably yeah, the reason why. Yeah. That was. I mean, it was
1: an amazing show because it, it, they just they. They kill. I mean, I don't want to, actually, I shouldn't say anything. Well,
4: spoiler alert, the show's been over for
1: five years. Yeah, right, they killed the main character, they killed the protagonist (laughs) at the end of season one. That's amazing. And I get it. (laughs) It is. It's
0: amazing. That was bold. All right, let's see. We'll do a couple more here. Sora 989 says, Tim, you don't know what you're doing with your chicks. Roosters offer more than just protection, and there's ways to keep their food and water raised. Yes, this is this is true, and the problem with roosters is that we record, so we can't have one.
3: Cannot have noise.
0: Yeah, so Sorry. we had, we have to figure it out. We were thinking of consulting with a chicken whisperer for mm-hmm. a, for a one-off to come. John Goodwin says, "Is it possible to consider anti-gun laws as racist due to an impact on black men carrying in unsafe neighborhoods?" Yes. Also, chickens keep ticks and fleas down, and if one chicken gets hurt and bleeds, the other chickens may try to eat the wounded one. Yes,
3: Whoa. and yes, yes, it's horrifying. Wow, Little dinosaurs.
0: Christopher says Tim you're wrong. I'm a felon, been to prison. Trust me, you don't want people getting guns back when they're released. Some people make no effort to change and are planning next crimes before they before the release. Wow. Uh no, I'm not wrong. I understand that fully. But the constitution says shall not be infringed. Mm. And so long as we're not incarcerating someone anymore, I don't like the idea of a permanent lingering effect that strips you of your rights. Are we at,
1: like, 5-zip in the... Will, are you
2: paying these people? I don't know. (laughs) They're (laughs) they're paying
0: to comment. No, no, you you have to understand, right? (laughs)
2: These are all of Will's burners. (laughs) Oh, I see how
0: this works. (laughs) That's what I've been doing on my phone this whole time. Arguments (laughs) are great. And a lot of the super chats want to have their opinion heard when there's an opinion in the show and they disagree with. And then we read their opinion because it's not... Typically, not agreeing with me, and that's the point. Interesting.
4: You really think that non—that uh, violent felons should get a gun the day they get out of prison? I didn't say that. Oh,
0: what do you think exactly? If they've paid their debt to society, perhaps we say it's five years in prison plus five years probationary period, which is not necessarily probation, but like a probationary period where you don't get to vote, you don't get your guns back. I'm talking about when all is said and done, and what we deem to be the end of their punishment, they get their rights back. Some in some way that has to happen. I think we need to have, uh, prison reform. I think the bigger problems aren't so much whether or not a felon should have a gun. It's more so what's resulting in crime, poverty, felonies mm. anyway. I don't think people are inherently evil. I think we have problems that need to be solved that could root out a lot of the issues. The problem is you have a political class hell-bent on manipulating people into making these problems worse so they can sustain their power. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's, it's true for the left and the right, unfortunately. More so, I would say, on the left, to be completely honest, hence why we find ourselves in this position with the establishment left lying and manipulating and cheating and sometimes conservatives saying dumb things. But Mm. it's it's the rule of the left and the exception on the right. All right. Joseph Walkett says motion sensor sprinklers for night defense outside your coop works like a charm. Yeah, we we, we, we were thinking about that. All right, my friends, if you haven't already, you must you must smash that like button because it really does help. And thanks for hanging out. Go to com. become a member, because the members area will show you a huge list of all of these guests and all these bonus segments, I assure you. If you're not a member, and you sign up today, there is too much content for you to be able to watch. It's just too much! Because I think we've been doing this now for like three months, and there's gonna be probably days worth of content. Oh, yeah. You will be, you will be com- permanently, and it's not, it's not all new stuff, like we had uh, with Jim Hansen on, he talked about, his war stories in the Philippines were eating rotten eggs. And we try to do a lot of that for the bonus stuff. That's always evergreen and always, always entertaining. So fun,
3: I
2: love check out.
3: Guy.
0: Yeah, yeah it was fun. Check out Timcast.com, become a member, but don't forget to like, share, subscribe this show. We broke a million subs with your, with, with all your guys' help. So we're really, really grateful for all of that. We're live Monday through Friday at 8 PM. You can follow me on all social media platforms at Timcast. And you can check out my other YouTube channels, youtube.com slash Timcast and youtube.com slash Timcast news. Will. You do y- stuff.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Will Chamberlain, but I also do human events and that's a bigger thing. So we are available at human events.com and publish news and opinion regularly. We also, you can go to youtube.com slash human events, which will give you access to my live streams that I'm not as regular as Tim, but I'm, you know, getting a little more consistent with them. And uh, also facebook.com slash human events media will also get you access to those Very as well.
2: Cool. Uh, read the Daily Caller. I write a ton of stuff every day and so you can follow me on Twitter I'm Jordy Lancaster or Instagram I'm Jordan N Lancaster.
4: Yeah, I'm at Ian Crossland, uh iancrossland.net and one of the things I like about timcast.com I was just thinking about today is as the days go on, it the subscription becomes more valuable because mm. the that co- keeps the library keeps getting bigger. So it's like you get more great point. Great, well, once once we start
0: prop. Once we start the new uh, the new shows my, my
4: like HBO Plus.
0: Yeah, yes. so I'll put it this way, right? So when, when everybody's becoming a member, we're using that money to make the site better, and, and, and there's there's, bump road, uh, there's bumps in the road, but the money we're making is, to, is, is we're hiring more people. I am not going to be. Let me let me say put it this way, I see a lot of these people. They get they get a bunch of subscribers. What do they do? They buy a you know Ferrari. Ferraris, infinity yeah. pools. They yes, take so selfies on the top. You know, like, do you oh, private infinity jets. Pool, private jets. Oh man, they fly twenty thousand dollar flights first class. They're all rich, Oof. and I'm like, that's money you could use to hire someone for like, you know, uh, to write stuff, to make content, to produce videos. But would you be down to get an infinity pool? No. Come on. Oh darn it. I would like an infinity pool, but I'm not going to spend money on a pool when I, I can spend money on someone who's going to do I, awesome I would, stuff. I would
4: like an infinity pool too. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll put it this way. Were clear. If <laughs> I had my choice between an infinity pool. And giving someone a job where they're funded to create awesome content and culture, I choose the kind of the culture. Yes. Invest Absolutely. in the people. I am, I am more interested in creating awesome things that inspire people than I am in being able to sit in a pool. I just, yeah. I'm i not get
4: inspiration her. from sitting in a pool. So it's you know. think that's fair.
0: I mean, we have a sauna. Synchronous. It's not yeah. like, I know, it's not like this I was place. <laughs> <last> night, we <laughs> have was a incredible. skate park.
3: Oh, yeah. but, but I'll tell you this, yeah.
0: everything we do is, is with the intention of making something of it. So when we built the skate park in the garage, it's because it's actually a venue where we're going to have events and we're going to do live streams. So the goal is in the future for everyone listening: Friday nights are going to become big events where we do the show, and then we segue into the outdoor cameras where we have a comedian or a musician or I don't know maybe a skateboarder, and we just have a hangout with like beers and barbecue, and we make it a free like probably hour long, maybe two hour long thing where it's like a Friday night hangout. Now we're going to do one night where members actually have the ability to buy tickets to act- to, to come out. It'll be limited, probably like twenty tickets, because we want an audience watching, and you know the cameras rolling. But it's not a big venue, so we can't literally have everybody. But that's the plan, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. We could
4: do cool stuff like um we could stream live TimCast IRL, like one camera angle of the venue, and then if you go to timcast dot com as a subscriber, you get like five more
0: angles. No, 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 no. We we're watch. gonna we're gonna have it produced with multicam and everything. Nice, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we're sure. we're gonna we're gonna have panning cameras mounted, and then all all we have to do is just you know have one person on controls and so uh i want to do i want to do events so like friday night there are probably a lot of people who are like uh you know i don't don't care to watch a talk show but i'd love to see a stand-up comedy thing from somebody with multiple comedians the other thing we're going to do too is periodic very very special events that would be effectively pay-per-view where it's like i would like to get prominent comedians to do a show as if it were any other venue but that means they'll want standard venue procedures where it's like people pay tickets, they get a percentage of the ticket sales. So we would just do a digital venue where it's like, okay, we're going to do a, a special event, you know, Sunday night with like these four comedians. It's a five dollar ticket for entry, and then it's online, and then they get a portion of the of the of the sales as as you know as they do. So yeah, man, a lot a lot of a lot of big plans in that direction. Love you, Tim. Awesome, it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. It's, Thanks, it's gonna be a whole be lot of fun. Awesome. Uh, did you shout out? I your? did
3: not. So I will say my two cents on this is that I think the issue that the guys are talking about is entirely cultural. Um, which is not something that you can fix from the top down. You fix it from the bottom up. And that's one of the things we're doing at timcast.com. But you can follow me at Sarah Patch Lids on Twitter and Mines.
0: Everybody, it's Friday night. Thanks for hanging out. We are going to be back Monday at 8 p.m. And, uh, we're going to be doing some fun stuff this weekend. So we did film a vlog last Sunday. And we had this, this pro BMX guy, Mike Feedy. He did a grind on the grind bar. And, uh, we're building out the new vlog section. You can see it at TimCast.com. It's just nothing there yet. But uh, we have a video that's going to go up and we're going to be filming more this weekend and we're going to start filming more. I'll I'll give you this advice I say to everybody to explain why we're doing it this way. You just start doing it. It, it, That means we're not going to have it daily, even though it says daily, but eventually the goal is to get it every single day, filming something, doing something, having fun, making it exciting. So I hope you're around for that. Thank you all so much for hanging out and we'll see you all on Monday.
3: Bye guys.